Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is the second podcast I do here. Yes, second one. My main podcast is Mod Chat, where I kind of talk about some interesting things at least once a month in the world of modding with video games, video game consoles, all that fun stuff. That's not necessarily a new show, but it's a bit more focused and such. But this is my second podcast here, Mario's Minute, where I kind of just talk about whatever the hell I want to on here. Sometimes I have a guest on here. Sometimes I don't. I try and alternate between months on here. And this month we do have a guest on, thankfully. So it should hopefully be a good show. Uh, Now, if you are listening to this, checking it out, whatever it might be, it is available in two different forms. First of all, the main place people seem to consume the show is on my YouTube channel, Mr. Mario 2011, where you can check it out there and you can check out the cool looking visualizer. At least I think it's cool looking, but there's not too much going on there. There is some conversation though, which is always fun to join in in the comment section. But you can also listen to this like an actual podcast. Many people do not know that on uh, many different podcasting apps, sites, hosts, providers. Simply look up Mario's Minute and you should hopefully be able to find that. Well, with all of that out of the way here, uh, I think we can bring our guest on. And as I always ask to my guest here, who the hell are you? Hello. Uh, I am known as a great many things. If you watch YouTube, I am known as GameRave TV. I discuss PlayStation variants and all goofy things. Uh, I also go by the name Jason and Danger Boy, depending on what uh, social media platform you're on. And I am here with the best radio voice I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically held that back for the recording. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Dude, I, I really appreciate you joining in. I, thanks for inviting me. It's pretty oh. cool. I Like, the guy the guy that assembled the team that rescued the Doom demo, I'm going to say yes. It's, oh. it's going to be okay. Oh, my God. I think you're giving me too much credit there, but... <laughs> I will say real quick, first of all, thank you on the radio voice, but I have had some before. I was in an interview before, not with like this, but like a job interview. And it's funny because the guy like right off the bat, he's like, dude, you have like such a powerful voice. You have like a voice made for radio. And I was like, well, are you saying I have a face for radio? Is that what you're trying to say? And he's like, no, but I knew that you were going to bring that up as it was all coming out of my mouth. And then it it was fine. I got the job. I was happy and all that. But yes, no, that's I, I think it's the mic setup and all that. It does a little bit of something. Sure, sure. (laughs) But anyways, how are you doing, man? Uh, Certain things aside, I'm actually doing quite well, actually. Um, Just, I'm literally, I think I'm down to the last 46 games to add, which I already own, that I need to add to GameRave.com with a hyphen. (laughs) Otherwise, you get some San Diego store. Okay. Um, And and uh just like uh, everything's been going great. Just adding games to site. Uh, I must be start adding in and scanning in demos um just working on programmers cheats like life life has been really good in the hobby that's awesome man for anybody who doesn't exactly know you or know about the game rave brand i guess how do you define yourself or what do you do for anybody who just might be listening to you for the first time here okay uh so uh the website is game rave.com and uh the short short history is a long time ago uh everyone was collecting nintendo games and going for a full set and i was like well i want to be different and i decided at the time while it was still active i would go for a full playstation one library in the u.s and uh after discover card (laughs) came knocking uh long story short i have a oh there's stories there are so many stories um 
I basically now have a full U.S. set with an ongoing variant collection. Um, as far as I know, I should now have every known greatest hits. I just got a new variant in uh, this morning. Um, and like I basically archive, review, uh, discuss all the games. Um, I go, I do screenshots. I talk about them on GameRave TV. And basically I act as the um, unofficial nice guy to talk to if you need to know why there's a sticker variant of this game from 20 years ago <laughs> that's awesome and it's it's mostly i mean you don't just collect playstation but it's mostly ps1 right that's where like the yeah, big love is yeah it, it's it's my baby like um mm-hmm. i i basically like i this is a story for later time i guess or even later in the podcast but sure i used to have about four thousand games at one point and that was when I was still cataloging them. And then one day I essentially had a nervous breakdown in a parking lot and was like, what am I doing with my life? And I essentially sold everything off that wasn't my true fanboy systems and collections. And the PS1 is the flagship. Like there is more of my life in that stupid gray deck than anything else in this entire condo. So like it was just love at first sight. <laughs> I have so much legacy with and- that. And see, I'm not sighing in a bad way. I'm I'm sighing because it's like, I feel like you can resonate with this with me here. But would you agree? Like, even if you just look at the PS1 console, it just kind of sparks some little bit of joy yes. inside of you. Like, even just looking at the console itself. Yes. In fact, um, just just to do the love at first sight thing. Um, 25 years ago. God, I'm old. Um, I was uh, part of a uh, anime club. Um, we used to meet up at a library. And one of the members was, I'm assuming either he had really good credit cards or he was rich beyond my dreams because he always had the newest anything Japanese game systems every time we came. It didn't matter if it was Neo Geo, Saturn, whatever, he had it. And the one day we showed up, he happened to have the Japanese launch PlayStation. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that CD thing that Nintendo was trying to do, whatever. Let's look up. And he was playing Ridge Racer. And he had a game. He had a game shark code running that made the car go so fast when it hits the hits the bump in the one stage, it goes flying. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, "I'm interested." And and then he threw in Toshinden, and I was like, "Well, I guess I know where my money's going." <laughs> That's awesome. And the yeah, rest see, is history. See, I wasn't. Um, I was aware of the PlayStation at the time, but like I even had one like after its heyday and all that. But it's funny because I've talked with someone who, um, I guess he was kind of or you know active with it around that time as well too. It was kind of the opposite for him. Funny enough, um, he was thinking the cartridge systems were superior because his oh. example game he was using was Mortal Kombat. No, it's, no, wait, 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 wait. It, it's M- M- MK sixty four. Is, is this the example? <laughs> I don't know what he was comparing it to, but he was oh. playing. I'm pretty sure he was playing Mortal Kombat 3 on the PlayStation. And okay. it was just the loading times yeah. were really bad. And it's like, OK, like even not only loading between stages, but even just uh, like pull off a, a fatality or anything like you could hear the disc just churning yeah. and loading, which oh, I dude. can I can understand now. It's like, oh, I, like as an adult more, I'm like, OK, I, it was probably just poor optimization on there. They didn't know how to utilize it or anything because like Ridge Racer didn't have that issue racer load the entire game into memory oh dude i don't i don't have many hills i die on 
but I, I will fight tooth and nail to anyone that says the N64 Mortal Kombat trilogy is better than the PlayStation version. <laughs> and they always go back to, well, there's no loading time. I'm like, that's because there's no frames of animation. <laughs> <laughs> that's valid. I've actually never, um, I don't think I've ever played the Mortal Kombat games on N64. Oh, well, there, uh, well, there, yeah, there's four too, but like, oh my God, Trilogy is so bad. It's so bad. Good to know. I play Trilogy <laughs> on PlayStation. Like I own it on PlayStation. So good game. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome I mean, the, though. I, to, to, be, to, to be completely fair, they're both broken beyond their means, but the N64 is just the, like, it's just, it, the N64 version is like, if you really hate yourself beyond the measure of a doubt, that's the one you go with. <laughs> okay. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. It's even the N64. It's one of those systems where it's, I've, I've seen some things about it recently as well, too, where it's like some people are saying, and I, I believe this where it gets, it's recently gotten a lot of unfair, like love or I guess unfair hate against it which is kind of getting more into the cultural zeitgeist now and it seems like everybody hates the n64 i don't say i hate it but it's a i worked at a game shop about 10 12 years ago now actually over 10 years ago geez okay time's flying anyways <laughs> even back then because it was one of the retro systems there and I, I my belief has always been the same it's kind of like it's a good system but well there's only like five games that people want on it like yeah, I, there's yeah, like, other games that people will enjoy and have attachments to, but it's like, well, you get it in 64, you get like five games, which are the most expensive ones because nobody wants to sell them. And you're kind of settled at that point. Yeah. What's weird is, is like the, especially if you're comparing them to the PlayStation, the N64 is a really, I don't want to say bizarre. It's a really interesting case study because the PlayStation and N64 both had a ton of multiplayer games, both had like, you know, their four player games, but, um, probably for a sec, but like, it's always the N64 that people come back to. They remember playing like four player GoldenEye, four player Mario Kart, four player Mario Party. You don't really get that same memories with people like with crash bash or like, or like uh, crash team, cra uh, crash team racing. Mm -hmm. So the 64, definitely did its job as the family fun machine as i said in the box but for some reason like its library just couldn't hold up outside of the first party stuff mm -hmm. would you say that a part of that is also that you didn't need a multi-tab like growing up i didn't know anybody who had a multi-tab for the playstation systems but the n64 oh hey four controllers like right there we're all good to go i i would i would agree like like it's it's kind of weird like See, what's funny is, is the trade-off was is the PlayStation you had to go buy the the multi-tap for your multiplayer games, but then on the N64 you had to buy 18 memory cards just to save one game. So like <laughs> that was a crazy trade-off. But yeah, definitely, I, it, it's there was definitely a paywall, unintentional or not. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. Yeah, I know. Um, even <laughs> we were kind of changing to N64, but even with the PS1 thing, I was just fascinated by this. But um, because you were saying love at first first sight with this, but I, I'm just. You know, I've really been wanting to know. I have such a respect for it, but where did the love for PS One come from? Uh, you know what? It was. It, it's. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, initially, like, oh man, let me think about this for a second. All so, good. like, so, like, I think what it was was is the. Uh, this is actually an, this is actually a topic I'm planning on talking about in an upcoming video. By upcoming, I mean I don't know when. Okay. Uh, so 
so I, I adored the Super Nintendo. Like that was the Super Nintendo was my Neo Geo. Like I couldn't believe the graphics. It had all the games I wanted to play. It had the Street Fighters, Final Fantasy, etc. And coming off that the PlayStation was supposed to be the, the CD-ROM upgrade, I was like, oh man, it's gonna be so cool, blah blah blah. But then at the time when all that chaos was going on, the main um the main gist of the gaming universe was a failing Sega CD, a failing 3DO, a failing Jaguar, and a lot of, like, and the failing Laser Active, my God. Um, and there was just this vibe that, like, I was falling out of gaming because there was nothing I wanted to play anymore. Like, it, it just, like, there was nothing on the Jaguar that had the brand recognition on the super nintendo and to a degree the genesis sure and i literally <laughs> this, there's a side story in this but we'll skip that so i had actually sold off everything but my turbo graphics and like two games for it and i started playing the one game because i had never played the tg the tg before and i was like oh this is this is kind of cool maybe maybe i'll keep on this for whatever and then i saw the playstation for the first time and when it finally was coming to america um, I fell in love with an arcade game called Street Fighter Alpha. And the Saturn at the time didn't have any games I was really looking at, and I didn't like the 3D aspect. And once again, we went to the anime club, and Mr. Import System Guy had Street Fighter Zero and the demo of Final Fantasy VII. And when I saw how perfect Alpha 1 was, even with the loading times, I was like, I'm... I, I, I can't hold off anymore. And then he stuck in Final Fantasy VII's demo and cast Shiva. And I might as well have just stolen the system right there from him. <laughs> um, so like we got home that night from the club, uh, from the club, from the anime, uh, anime club. Yeah. From the club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day I went right to, um, right to work, said I need every extra hour you can give me saved up uh, a month and a half later. I walked into uh, a mall, every game store, was out of PlayStations, went to, I can't remember their name now, Gamers Paradise, whose main rub was normally like D&D and all that good stuff and trading card games. They had one PlayStation left, bought it with the money, went home, played the demo, went to go pick up Street Fighter uh, Alpha the next day and it got delayed a week. Oh. So I literally played the first track, one track wipeout demo on the Purple Picks PlayStation CD for a week straight. <laughs> Got that sounds like of, a good week though it was got off of school ran to the mall slammed down my 66 dollars for the long box street fighter uh alpha warriors dreams ran home literally played one round ran to work got home at 10 p.m and then played that straight for like six hours <laughs> and th that was that was all she wrote i was a playstation guy from then on out all right i got you yeah, no, that's awesome. And then, but even with the PS1 in particular, it seems like that love has still continued on even just, it's grown into much more of an appreciation, like delving into even like the back end of it as well, too, that I'm sure oh, it, yeah. it seems like this hasn't like, because even your main platforms, like modern platforms, I'm sure you're on PlayStation, but like the same love hasn't just carried over to like the PS4, PS5, has it? No, to be honest, not real. Like, um, I was actually talking to uh, the missus about this the other day. It's like, like if you're if, if we're talking like, where am I at in my gaming harem right now? My newest Xbox console is still a 360. 
I have a PlayStation 4 Pro and I don't know if I'll ever get a PlayStation 5. Like, mm-hmm. like gaming just seems to be destroying itself in the modern era between DLC and licensing and NFTs and all this good stuff. And it's just like, as much as I still love Street Fighter, like watching my favorite PS1 games of like Dead or Alive and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat be ripped apart with like 40 to $600 of extra DLC. I can just go to my PS1 and play Alpha 3 and have all the characters already. Mm-hmm. It's like, I I don't know. Like, I, that's not to say that I hate modern gaming. Like, I adore Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last of Us and so forth. But like, that that core deep appreciation like i like i will take you to the grave has never been touched since the playstation like mm-hmm. i i don't know what it is yeah i i can feel that i was gonna say i mean because i guess i i was kind of am you can say known for the xbox 360 stuff so i'm a little bit biased but like you're saying your last xbox was a 360 that's totally fine like as long yeah. as it's one of the reliable models it's okay so i get that like when i'm when i'm delving into something it's funny because it's like i can be you know covering other systems like i can have appreciation and joy with them but it's just um when i'm working on something either on or off camera when it comes to 360 like something literally awakens inside of me and it harkens back to like that staying up until 3 a.m type oh, thing yeah, of dude. working on something and just delving in and like wanting more like not even being able to go to sleep i try to go to sleep and then like i'm failing <laughs> at it so 5 a.m i'm i'm right back at it like enjoying this all so i i totally get that i for me out of those systems like i love the i i have that love for the 360 for sure um and i would even say to me it's probably it is my preferred system even like it's it's far from perfect mind you but close to what it can be just as long as you get yourself a reliable version of it because of course it's also so known for the failures oh definitely like i'm actually i'm actually rocking the uh, halo reach edition since day one okay uh which was my replacement because my original my original xbox elite was stolen (laughs) sorry to hear that's violating oh yeah it it was well what was so funny was is (laughs) the, the the sequence of events was i got i got into the the and this is once again how old i am i got into the beta for what was then the new dashboard for xbox 360 mm-hmm. had it in had it installed went to work the next day got the got the info that my house had been broken into and got home and my only real reaction aside from all like the like the crazy depression and so forth was son of a bitch all my save files <laughs> No, I didn't care about the system itself, but I was like, my 500 hours of Fallout are gone. Yeah, and that was before we had the cloud backup and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that was also, I'm thinking, um, because do you remember which dashboard beta that that was? Was that the Connect dashboard or was that? It was. It was the. uh, I'm terrible with that stuff. It was the first. It was the first time for lack of a better description it looked like an ipod where it was like the squares instead of like the blades or like the menu system like it, it hmm. looked like you were looking through like an itunes was it green or was it white it was white that was like the you were, like you were, one. okay yeah you're standing on the floor like you were standing on the white floor yeah okay okay gotcha i do remember that one yes so yeah so i i guess even at that point it's I think USB drives were working at that point or they were close to working, but I I even hazard a guess. I'm not sure if USB backup was a thing at that point. 
Oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would... I, I don't remember which dashboard they integrated it in, but I, it was definitely there in Connect. I don't think it was in NXE, but the point is, so you might not have even been able to back up your stuff over to a USB drive. Yeah. No, it was, it was all gone. <laughs> but the thing that was is like, like after, after like everything was taken care of, I got, I got the replacement Xbox. And of course, I was playing Reach. But I was like, oh, no, I'll have to restart all my favorite games ever, like Mass Effect and Fallout 3. Whatever will I do? <laughs> <laughs> so it had a happy ending. OK, OK, that works. See, that's that's me with Grand Theft Auto 3. Like that's my all time favorite game. And it's dangerous because I will I keep rebuying it I don't learn I just I keep rebuying it and then when I start playing it I just keep playing until I finish the game like it's not like I'm there for eight hours straight but it's like that's the only game I'm playing and it's like two days later oh I'm done with this game ah dude like you like I kept that's alpha three like I re I rebought alpha three so many times not realizing I already owned it I had like four copies for dreamcast at one point that's amazing That's when you need to start like keeping. I'm sure you have this like keeping like a spreadsheet or someone's like, okay, okay, I, I need to not rebuy the same thing over and over. If I was smart, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of seat of my flying by the seat of my pants right now. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to refer to the Wallow games every time I need to check something on eBay. <laughs> I I understand. I get that. It's it's a lot of work. And it's kind of annoying making that spreadsheet. But like personally, I have one for my games. Almost all my games are in there. Not all of them, but a good amount of them are. And it's it's saved me a whole lot of money. I'll tell you that after I assemble the spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. Like I, like, like, I think I think once I get all the games on site, I'll actually sit down and like properly start start carefully logging everything. Because I, I think the big the biggest problem with me is like I it's not so much in a short attention span. It's just that I want like. I need instant gratification. And when you're looking at 2000 games before Lightspan and demos hitting that first Excel slash, just like, ah, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. That's when I, I kind of just had to go mindless with it for a bit. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run some music in the background. Look at, cause I, I took images of my game walls and then I was just, I would have the image on, you know, one side, the screen, the spreadsheet on the other. And I was like, okay, thank yep. goodness I can type fast. <laughs> Oh my God. I would say, not, I said not the name drop per se, but if you ever, if you have never listened to them, there's the Collector Quest podcast. If you want to laugh your ass off, there's an older episode called All Your Lists Are Bad. And it is, it is basically three people gr- airing out their grievances about how they file and catalog their collections. And it's the funniest thing you will ever listen to as far as keeping an Excel sheet. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was gonna say, even with your uh with your con with the uh PS4 Pro, I'll tell you the 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 main reason why I got a PS5 really is because I, I had the PS4, I had the PS4 Pro. Man, the PS4 Pro is loud. It yes, is, it is like I, I've had a couple of them. Granted, they are the uh like some of the original models, but it's like it was it was so loud to the point like I couldn't really enjoy using it because like, dude, I'm just trying to play a game. And why is it that like, okay, I, I guess like, you know, with the way sound acoustics work and all that, there was like a vortex going on, but it's like, okay, I'm in my basement. I go upstairs and like the door is there and it's just, it sounds like there's like some sirens screaming from my PS4 and it's like, I'm just, the game is just paused. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. I, I was saying when uh, I threw in Horizon uh, uh, 
Forbidden West. I was like, man, I can't wait to play this game. And then I saw a waitress come out with the cart of like alcohol. And I was like, oh, this is going to take off. And sure enough, the fan just spun up. It's like, holy oh my crap. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, I, my girlfriend has, um, she's got the PS5 as well, but um, she was coming from, because I had the Pro, she had the Slim. Even though I like the extra specs on the Pro, I was jealous of her slim just because she didn't know what I was talking about. She never had issues with it being loud. Like oh, it was really? always just, it always just purred for her and that was it. It likes her better. I see how it is. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I treat mine right. I open it up. I cleaned it. I repaced it. I even put an SSD in there and it's like, Hey, my games load a little bit faster and the menu system is nicer, but I can't hear what's going on. <laughs> yeah i just i throw earphones in them i'm like i'm like i'll throw earphones in the controller we're fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) i understand i'm not a big earphone person like even for me like i'm using them right now to record this but i'm the type person i like to use my space when it comes to my speakers and stuff and i like to feel the experience as well so i do like i like i live like i live in a condo right now and like (laughs) so I really can't use my five point surround speakers because the first day of quarantine two years ago, I got a letter from one of my neighbors through the HOA that said I was laughing too loud. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, if that's the case, I guess I won't turn the speakers up wow. when, I, when I play Metal Gear Solid. So it's okay. See, that's never stopped me. And I've had my stuff up a bit loud. But I think when, like some of my favorite times, it's, it's always horror games are really great for it. But uh, oh, yeah. there was one time um, I introduced a friend to PT. And he was like, man, this game is probably not going to be that scary. He told me he had to stop playing it because of my sound system. Because at one point there was like a violent knocking in the game and the speaker was like right next to him and you could feel the knocking. And he just put it down on the controller. He's like, nope, nope, your sound system is messing with me too much. Like, I cannot do this. Um, There was another time I was playing Silent Hill 2. And one of my friends came over and the way I had it set up in another apartment, like I had my satellite speakers kind of um up on my shelves and it was disturbing playing like this but it sounded like there was creatures like retching and walking through my dark hallway because i was also playing in the dark but at one point like my friend came over and he's just like sitting on the couch watching me play this for a bit before we go and he's like dude your sound system is crazy this is this is is doing (laughs) things to me because also he was high when he came over too so like that was a whole other addition to it (laughs) That's that's the point two part of the speaker system. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Dude, yes. like if we're if we're sharing notes about playing games in the dark, going back to the 360, um, I I got, I jumped in late into the Fear series, mm-hmm. and I bought the entire set on the Xbox 360 used from GameStop for like five bucks. Like it was just nice. an amazing thing. So at the time I was at I was at I was at a, ho- a house and I forgot that I was playing with the lights off. So in order to set this situation up i am sitting in an architect's chair which is basically like a normal kitchen chair but it's like way the fuck up off the off the off the floor sure i am i am at the i'm at my art desk i have a giant 27 inch imac which is the only light in the room aside from the xbox 360's tv screen Mm -hmm. it gets the part i think it's the first fear where you're chasing the computer guy and you see him through another window and he looks at you and he looks at this keyboard and he looks right through the window and stares you into the heart in your heart and just goes, 
I wonder what this key does. And just as he pressed it, my Mac went into sleep mode, turning the entire room dark. I freaked out, and the force of me freaking out, I fell over backwards, (laughs) taking the controller, my headset, and half my desk with me. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's an amazing experience. It was so good. The only other time I've knocked myself out of the chair was when I got my Wii on launch day and went to kick the football in Madden. And if you've never played Madden on the Wii, never. you kick with the attached, attached nunchuck. Well, my Wii, hand, my Wii wand hand, or remote hand, was left of my neck, and the nunchuck was in the right, and I went to like kick as hard as possible, thinking like the harder the motion did, and I did, and I clotheslined myself out of the chair. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, these are like, you're describing to me like 4D experiences. These are great priceless gaming experiences. Oh, they're 4B experiences because they're all the bruises I got from doing it. But that's great. It's like, how did you get this? It's like, well, you see, I was playing Madden on the Wii. (laughs) Yeah. See, I used to work at GameStop at that time. I was just like, so how's that Madden for the Wii? It's violent. (laughs) It actually tackles you. You truly feel it. This time the game is real. Exactly. Yeah. See... I'm thinking I haven't had anything like that directly, but it's just reminded me of another game and it's not even a video game. Funny enough. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever told this story on my channel. Um, have, but have you ever played cards against humanity? Uh, yes. A couple times. Great okay. game. Okay. I, I love it. It's uh, it, I have one of the original sets. Like I had the original set and the first like five or six expansions on it. And nice. I would say like, it was always, it was a perfect thing to own in college because like, I, I was able to host several get togethers with it, but also I got invited to several friends get togethers because I was known as the guy who had it. So um, <laughs> it got to the point. I didn't even keep it in my apartment. I kept it in my car constantly. Mm. Um, and I did that for years. I kept that habit up. So even for several years, I didn't play it. And there was once where it was like, I was at a little bit of a house party. This just a few years ago. And um, I was at this house party and there was nothing really going on just you know that the vibes didn't feel right like it was just kind of awkward and odd and stuff like nobody was really connecting and one person comes she's like hey i got cards against humanity and i was like i'm not trying to one-up you but i i have (laughs) i have that with all the expansions and she's like what get it right now i was like yeah it's in my car and then like we just had an amazing time playing it that night so even years later it's still great but my my favorite experience with it which i've even i've let people borrow my deck as well too and i have shared this with it because i've let people borrow and they're like yeah i've heard of this game but i've never played it so this is pretty much when i tell people why this is simultaneously the best and worst game ever (laughs) um at one point in college i had um I, i had several friend groups but it's like i had one friend group who um we all you know we regularly like hung out like almost every week at like you know like a friday night saturday night or something going to someone's apartment um i'd hosted many times because i didn't mind and um one of the girls in this friend group she had just broken up with someone she was dating and um we were like you know what hey let's have like a night where we all get together and like you know we can hang out we can drink a bit we can play cards against humanity hey you want to bring your roommate too sure that's all good because your roommate's going through a breakup as well so we're going through everything and like we're having a good time and she picks up one of the cards she's laughing and you just see her face drop and I don't remember what exactly the card said, but I think it said something like, why did my ex break up with me? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And 
we're just we're all just there it is just the most awkward thing and we're just kind of silently communicating we're like okay just throw in a card don't just throw in a card we're trying to make this go as fast as possible <laughs> and all of us do this and she's there she's like okay yeah just just make me feel like shit everyone just make me feel bad okay <laughs> just just throw in your cards whatever you want by the time we did it quickly but pretty much by the time we all tossed in our white cards she had like stood up and she was pretty much like having like a breakdown and freaking out about oh. this and then her her coat not her co-worker her uh I guess Stanley co-worker, but her uh, roommate had to like calm her down and all that. And then other people had to as well. And I'm just looking at it. I'm like, wow, like what are the chances this happened? And we assembled this and you of all people pulled this card. Like, this is why this is the best and worst game ever made. I love it. <laughs> uh, yes. I was thinking, going back to how it rescued the party. I was like, oh yes, cards against humanity, the defibrillator of party. Favors. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's really how it is. So like the last, like, couple years because you know i've been i've i've still been careful with covid and all that so i've been going out as much but like so it's kind of just been sitting um on i guess like my small little shelf of card games and all that but yeah like i said for several years i just kept it in the trunk of my car it's better than a spare tire baby that is true although i did have a spare tire don't worry didn't have to use it but i did have a spare tire (laughs) yeah you know, I was thinking of this too, even with the um, with the PS One. But I know you'd you'd brought this up like a little bit at the beginning. But even um, I've noticed, and you've shared with it as well too. It's like there's a lot of like nitty gritty, you know, about like the back end processes of this, and maybe not as much like I'm not talking about like development or anything, but I'm talking like you know about the you knew about the sticker placement and like printing processes and everything and this might be a big question but like how do you get to that point uh well i used a game shark code uh i'm a graphic designer by trade and um actually to to bounce off that uh, going back to the like like the love of the playstation it was the yeah. playstation's uh advertising campaign for the pre-orders that like basically hooked me in um really yeah so for those of for those that don't know um when sony was uh preparing the pre-orders they used what was called the red e campaign and the way it worked is is they had phonetically spelled sony s-o-n-e but the e was lowercase backwards in red so what was implied is you were supposed to read it as ready 9th of September. Okay. Sony slash, and then Enos like uh, lives. Um, and the, uh, the, when you pre-ordered it, you got a music CD called uh, hear it now, play it later. And when you took it home, you uh, listened to it in your CD player and so forth. And then when you finally picked up your PlayStation at launch, you threw it back in. It had all these developer demos showing like how transparencies worked and how like the infamous T-Rex played in the texture quality. Okay. And, and from all of those things, um, just the graphic design of the ads and the, the ad campaigns and how the boxes looked and so forth, like it, it just absorbed me in. And thankfully being a graphic designer, um, it helps me spot things that could be variants and so forth, like literally like a font difference or like a spacing difference or potentially a, um, a change in the color of the greatest hit stripe might mean it's a new printing and so forth. I got um, you. Yeah. So that rabbit hole was, uh, was automatically given to me. 
<laughs> before okay. the start. Um, but yeah, and then just it's just it's just ra- uh, just rabid curiosity. Um, like when you're very collecting, like like I give huge props to like the Nintendo collectors who like have to like look at box tabs to find serial numbers and then sort out what the serial number means. And like, like I've seen, I've seen NES collectors who can map out what subscription card and like what styrofoam type was used at this. And that's like, Oh wow. Holy cow. (laughs) Like I I don't think I'm there yet, but maybe I am from a different angle. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's, it, my love goes farther than the games. Like just the app, like, like how I, the one episode I have about the rogue graphic designers, like just, just the nifty little package design things they'll do that just make the game stand out that much more to someone. Mm-hmm. I I miss stuff like that as well, too, where it's, it, you don't get as many personal touches like to a game like that in games that you pick up now. And I'm just thinking of like, especially even just kind of a basic thing, but more like the Rockstar games that were coming out several generations ago, where it's like, I think Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories, for example, the manual was a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, I think, like, um, I think, and, and sorry on that, but like uh, Manhunt, I was thinking of that. The VHS I, tape design? Was it a VHS tape or was it a catalog? Oh, oh it, it, the, the, the instruction manual, I think, was a catalog. I was thinking of the PC version. The PC version, the spine was designed to look like it was a, it was a cassette tape from, like, oh, the uh, security Oh, yeah, yeah, cameras. that was, like, the logo and everything. Yeah, yeah, and I was thinking of the manual there, and, yeah, I definitely missed that. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, like, like seriously, like, there was, like, just, just by removing the manual from, like, the modern game, like, it takes away so much of the personality. Mm-hmm. Like on the positive side, you always have the instruction manual in the game, so that's fine. But like opening up Final Fantasy VII and seeing that full spread of Aerith looking up at the airship, or like opening up Need for Speed Three and it's the entire car's dashboard, like that just mm-hmm. that just for like a very phrase got you in the mood for the game. Like it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing that I find disappointing is because uh, I I'm one of those people I still like to pick up games physically, and there's even times I will import if something is physical in a different territory so mm-hmm. uh square enix is pretty infamous for that with the switch so there's been several square enix remakes that or remasters i guess that you can um, pick up uh, in asian territories that play perfectly fine in english and the thing that i hate about them is not not only they're more expensive like whatever i can eat the cost but yeah. it's like my dumbass really just imported this and i open it up and there's no cover art or anything on the inside no manual nothing it's just it's white like it oh, is blinding white <laughs> that sucks yeah that's terrible that's like yeah. some of, that's like some of the ea games like i think it's um i'm drawing a blank i i, I want to say i think it's the greatest hits of nuclear strike <laughs> like you can see this the greatest hit spine and then you open the case and there's literally just white it's like guys come on <laughs> i remember that yeah like, like yeah the whole the whole half of a penny you saved in ink <laughs> mm-hmm but hey, that was half of a penny. And I think Nuclear Strike, wasn't that even a cheaper greatest hits game? Because I always remember seeing it for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that when it first came out, it was like 20 bucks. And then usually back then, like, like in t- to a degree this day, like greatest hits always had that like, like, well, it's not the black label. I'm not going to buy that. It's not the good one. Um, so you'd see you'd, once the games went there, you'd see them like start being clearanced out because no one wanted to buy the bright green stripe. Yeah. Um, but I love the bright green stripe. It just it. I, I, going back to the graphic designer thing, I think I love about the green stripe is that, especially at the time when it was out, when it was like the Saturn and the Jaguar, even the PlayStation itself, it was nothing but 
like black, just black boxes, black cases, etc. And mm-hmm. then you turn slightly and there's just this ab- obnoxious green staring at you. You're like, I'm going to check that out. What is that calling to me? Okay. Huh. Yeah. I, you know, that's actually the first I've heard about that. Cause even for me, it's like, I, it's not like I stay away from those greatest hits versions, but it's like, well, I'd rather have the black label ones. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yeah. For some reason, like, like people that are collecting, like they just want like, like one of every game or just want to collect like what they want to collect for the system. Like I have seen them like adamantly just like shun away greatest hits games. And I'll be like, you do realize that's got the better code, right? <laughs> like the, it's got the code true. revision, you know? Yes. Or like in Jurassic Park, it's got the extra stuff or like Dave, uh, not Dave Mira was it uh or like jet moto it's a completely different game per se but it? It, it just yeah so <laughs> so short short version um when sony apparently had this rule that unless it was a required code revision fix or to improve the game um you couldn't make a different game for the greatest hits like you couldn't make a quote-unquote gold edition like they were doing for the pcs Okay. Well, some one of the developers of Jet Moto 2 was like, you know, screw this. I want to make the game better. And one of the things he did was is he stripped out. I think he removed somewhere between two to four of the rivals in the race. And that freed up so much memory that the game now ran at like 60 frames a second high res. And he really? made some other modifications. I think some of the tracks are slightly different. And he submitted to Sony for the greatest hits. And they were like, you can't have this. It's a different game. You have to ship us the other version. And the, the that's fairy tale. I guess the rumor, I can't think of the word, the, 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 the legend is that he was like, okay, cool. And he just shipped his version and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> and that is the version on the greatest hits disc. So yeah, it's literally two different versions of Jet Moto Two based on which one you're playing. I yeah. didn't know about that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's just, it's just huh. like I the audacity, and I say that in a positive way of that guy just going, "Yeah, f it, <laughs> we're yeah. good." Yeah, notice? yeah, that was uh, that that was the attitude of the '90s. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 dubbed the Championship Edition of Jet Moto Two because of the changes. Okay, and. I will have to track that down then because I don't know if I have Jet Moto 2 and I'm not sure if I have the greatest hits one or not. Yeah, what's cool is um, it, um, I don't ha- I don't think I have it on my site, but if you do a search for it like through Google, you, you can actually see what would have been the actual real concept art for it. And mm. they're like, no, no, you can't do that. And they're like, oh, okay, here's Jet Moto 2, quote unquote. Okay, gotcha. Do you think would they have allowed like a actual Jet Moto 2 championship edition release? Um, I, th- it, like, I think they as a separate I, release. Yeah, I think they would have just because look at uh, the uh, although I don't know how much farther after it was. I can't remember the time frame. I think it was further after. But just look at uh, Dave Mira Ultimate Remix. Like it's it's basically the gold edition of a game, but it's not the original. So they could publish it out as a separate game and then re-release the original game as the greatest hits. Hmm, I'm actually not familiar with that one. I know of uh, Dave Mira Freestyle BMX, but I don't know of the Ultimate Remix one. Yeah, it's got a grayish cover. Um, it's oh, it, okay. It, I can visualize it now. Yeah, it's just it, they gave you extra tracks and a couple extra. I think I think some of their bikes are unlocked automatically. Gotcha. I'm thinking of uh, because I, I was thinking of this the other day, just how crazy this was with uh, Resident Evil One and Two, um, the Dual Shock editions that came out. Because yes. I think the first one, like, well, the first one because it was that, and then there was the director's cut, and there was the director's cut with Dual Shock, and yep. that had its own criticisms. But I was more thinking two. Like, I remember um, 
I was helping a friend convert uh, Resident Evil 2. This was so many years ago, convert it to work on the PSP. And he was specifically wanting the DualShock edition, um, which I was like, oh, I'm not sure if there's that much of a difference because, you know, you're playing on a PSP, so there's no DualShock to begin with. But I, I'm i not huge into Resident Evil 2. Like, I, I respect the game. I think it's awesome. It's just I'm not as obsessed about it as, like, he was, for example, where he knows the game in now and can yeah. beat it within probably two hours in his sleep or something nice. um but i i know that not only they added dual shock on there but they just added a whole bunch of I, I think they had a whole bunch of other fixes and they had different modes and characters unlockables and there was a substantial amount added into that dual shock version nice yeah i say i, I haven't i haven't gotten to that yet in my review <laughs> Playthrough, okay. so I'll have to keep, I'll have to pay attention to that then. Okay, okay, yeah, there was it. It was not as simple as oh, hey, we can use the analog sticks. Like no, there was more to it. You know what's funny if you think about it? Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Director's Cut, and then the Dual Shock re-release. Like, it, it, was that basically just thirty dollars DLC? <laughs> pretty much by physical dlc yeah yeah no that's i think that's kind of what i was thinking of with it as well too that's kind of what it was yeah except i know um a lot of people really dislike a lot of the changes that were made with the original director's cut there especially the soundtrack mm. yeah yeah I'm, yeah I'm or not... the fact that like i still love that the u.s resident evil one's director's cut they forgot to uncensor the opening that was always funny <laughs> yes yeah so i remember there was like uncensored patches that were floating around and i remember at the time like i was younger and i found out about that and i was like wait why do you have to like patch it to be uncensored like isn't the whole point of a director's cut of it being uncensored yeah oh my god speaking speaking of patches i if you could use a little self-depreciation humor i am i am very naive when it comes to technology which is why i love your videos because they're oh, well, very you. cool and do things <laughs> so when i was a ye, well a ye younger lad in, in my 20s i was a console guy i i didn't really play computer games I once tried to install Mortal Kombat 2 on my Pentium 133, and it was like a quarter of the screen and no frame rate, so I'm like, <laughs> I'll just play everything else on console. One day I was talking to a friend who worked at EB Games, and he had, was talking about how if I was excited for the patch coming out for Tomb Raider, and I think it was the gold patch before the actual physical version came out. Okay. And I looked at and I, he, he realized I was looking at him cross-eyed and he goes, what's wrong? And I said, how would a patch work? How would it read the disc then? And he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, well, where would you put the patch on the bottom of the disc? Like, would it not be able to read the other info? And my, my friend just stopped and just put a, the box of shipment down and came over and hugged me and just said, please don't ever change. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yep. And that's when I learned what a patch was. Hmm. Yeah. Well, see, the important thing is you learned. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. No, and even to your point with, like, I guess the technical side of it, I, I think, I, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. I think there is a whole lot of technical know-how there, but I, I will say on the other side, that's very much a thing of, I've had to, I guess, in the whole YouTuber, consecrator space, I guess you can say, I've had to kind of remind myself of that as well, too, because for me, it's like I was... I've always been a technical person. I've always been fascinated by like electronics, computers, computers especially, but it's technology, how it works, all that fun stuff. Um, like for me, for example, I was working on stuff earlier today where I have a Plex server set up and it just has nice. tons of movies, TV shows and all that. But a part of that is like, 
I legitimately get enjoyment setting it up, building it out, even like troubleshooting. Yeah, it can be a little bit annoying, but like I love that process. I love mm-hmm. the point of like server building. I I enjoy all of that thoroughly. Um, I'm not as much like I enjoy tinkering with things. That's part of the game to me, so to speak. Um, but when it comes to that, I have to kind of remind myself because i guess with that's like i was always a technical person and then i kind of did the content creation thing and i'm still have to be and there's people who are a lot more technical than me but i will still have that background on here when it comes to troubleshooting and all this fun stuff um but then when there's people who they might ask me about a computer issue or they'll ask me about a console issue or a modification type thing that they're running into like i'm just kind of explaining it to them and they're like oh wait i'm i'm not sure well what about this what about this i'm like oh Sorry, I have to I have to switch gears a little bit. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm I'm not dumbing it down, but it's like wait wait I just and it's something I've gotten I started getting much better on like maybe like a couple years ago. But it was kind of a reminder, it's like oh wait, just because you're kind of in the same space as me making videos, doesn't mean that you know how to do this. Like there's there there's countless people and people I'd say I'm I'm honored to call them friends um, who they make much better videos than me, like really awesome visuals and all that stuff. But if they turn on their computer and it doesn't post, like they don't know what to do. They're very Mm -hmm. much like, Hey, I need to turn on the big black box. The light turns on. I log in, (laughs) I open up premiere, I open up Photoshop and I can, I can be a master of that. But like any of the other extra stuff, like, if they're running into like a GPU issue or if they're running into any other driver issue or if they're, they can't connect to their network. Um, I'm assuming there's some technical know-how there just because they, they could be a wizard at the applications that they use to create their craft. But I'm just like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. You, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Like this is, I have to reset myself. Okay. I can't just assume that you know these things. Listen, I, I am of the like, I am of the friend thing. Like I, I will never ever build my own computer. (laughs) I will take, I will take store built. Like, like I just, I, I, it's, it's kind of like speaking a, speaking a language. I can't do that either. Like I, I failed Japanese and Spanish like eight times. Um, like all that, like I'll watch like Linus tech tips and it's so fun watching other people do it because they know what they're talking about and so forth. And it's cool. Mm -hmm. Like hearing that information, but like, if you were to turn to me and hand me a bunch of components and say, here, I need to build a computer. It would be in flames before I ever installed the BIOS. Like it's, it's not going to happen. It's so bad. I, like, I do need to ask, have you had like a bad experience with that before? <laughs> no, I'm just stupid. Like, like I, like I would need, you a are not stupid. You stop I, I, this. <laughs> like I would need like the, like the Bernstein bears equivalent of an instruction manual to like build a computer. Like, like I don't have computer building skills, but I'm really good. Unfortunately at work at finding out how to break things. Okay. Like, 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 like we, we have to for privacy reasons. So we have mm-hmm. this new software that is being tailor made for me specifically for my job, mm-hmm. and it's been like thirty hours of development. Cool, blah blah blah. And it came time to finally test it and run through its first paces. I found the first flaw on the first step (laughs) (laughs) to to the point where the developer was silent on the zoom call for 30 seconds that's amazing and i was just like i'm sorry it's my talent i I can't help it you know i could argue and say that means it hasn't been tested thoroughly or they didn't have maybe like the right person testing that's why end user testing is going to be important 
Yep. Or like, like the like or real like, world end user testing. Yeah. Or like I shut down our company's website by accident because I'm going to build a page. There was apparently an option in the drop down menu that the site no longer supported. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I accidentally chose it. And three seconds pass, and while I'm trying to figure out why the menu isn't there. <laughs> My basically the number two person of the company runs out of his office right to me and goes, "What did you do?" Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, it, though. yeah it, was, it was it was basically all that happened was is the home page disappeared. So like when you showed up, it was just a blank page, but the, the actual website was there. But it was just it was just I will never. That was like six years ago. I will never forget. Just what did you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I killed the car. What did we think I did? <laughs> that's amazing. See, I got I got to respect you for that though. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. If you need me to build a computer, you're out of luck. If you need me to figure out what's wrong with it, just give me a keyboard in five minutes. We'll break that son of a gun. <laughs> mm, exactly. That works out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there was. Um. I mean, even uh, recently, like right before this, I was uh working on this here, but um. You know, it's one of those times where it's like, I didn't mind it because it's family, but also at the same time, they were very apologetic, but it's like, you know, I was trying to relax this Saturday, enjoy my time and stuff, but um, it was kind of on and off for like three or four hours. They were asking me about questions with Plex and the Plex server, and it then it got to a point like they called me and they were saying, hey, you don't need to work on this anymore. It was like, you know how it is. You have to work on it. So I was like, exactly. OK, just hold on. I just like I remoted into it and I found out it was like an additional, which a funny thing. It was like a, an additional thing I installed, which should help, but it wasn't starting up the services properly. So oh. I pretty much just uninstalled that, changed my configuration a little bit, and then it was fine. But then it was also funny, too, because they, they were apologetic, but then they were also vindicated because everybody thought that it was this family member. And they're saying, no, no, it's not me. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know. It could be you. It's like nobody else has like it's working on my network. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the, I'm the guy that my family calls for IT problems. I'm like, you, you don't, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, unless, unless you need a hard drive erased, I'm not the man for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh man, so not a you know not not tech issue related, thankfully. But um, you did talk about this a little bit before, and I know you had made a video on this. I never, I I still want to do something with this, but I never made a video on it on my end, just because you know this is how it happens. But uh, the Doom demo, I wanted to actually talk to you voice to voice about this. We can kind of share our experiences. So what was going on with this? Memories. In your words, like liberating, yeah, liberating this Doom demo for anyone who does not know. Okay, so should I, should I just do the whole the whole story? Like, Sure, yeah. Okay, so for those that don't know the video game, there's a game called Monster Rancher on the original PlayStation where you could swap in music CDs, game CDs, as long as it was a CD, even a CDR. The game would read something on the disc and it would create a monster for you. Well, in the PlayStation's demo library, there is a uh, interactive demo CD volume one, and it has two versions. And basically one version has three less demos than the other version. So, by default in my brain that should register that there's less data so it should generate a different monster well when i was playing the game the both discs generated the same monster and i was like that's impossible like there's no way so 
being me, I threw the discs into my laptop and I was like, oh, that's that's weird. They're all the, both the same size. And then staring at me in the face was a folder marked Doom. There was no Doom demo on either disc. And I freaked out and started trying to sort through this. And when I realized, I, th- I think it was when I saw the executable file, I was like, this has to be in there somewhere. I panicked, jumped online and was like, all right. And it was by sheer will of the universe. I can't remember what episode of yours was on, but you, it was essentially like patching something out of a disc to make it work. And I was like, I'm talking hmm. to him. I'm oh, going to him. I think there was, there was a video I'd made kind of a tutorial and kind of overview showing like introducing people to like the world of PS one patches and how to apply them and all that. I think that's what it was. And I was like, Hey, could you technically apply a patch that or is already on the disc? <laughs> and then you were like, let me set up the bat signal. And before I knew it, there was just this team of event or bat signal. I said Avengers right now. There's comic book guys going, I'm going to hurt him. Yeah. Um, the justice league of like friends came in and, like as I talked about in the video about it, like every single person figured something out and like a Sesame street episode, we all just combined our powers and essentially um, going back to the two discs, there's, there's a teen and a mature one. We basically turned the teen disc via the patch you guys made into the mature demo. So we brought back all the missing demos and got the fully fledged, fully not broken doom demo playable and it's mm-hmm. it's just phenomenal like i was so into it i was i created game shark codes and i can't hack codes for anything and That's i was able awesome. to hack game shark codes for it and see there you go you can do game shark codes like i can't really do that uh i've that, that's, that's just not how my brain works I, I guess i'm like i'm like i'm like five for 110 in my success rate of creating codes but like okay it's, well, that's it's doable <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and, and i will i say i guess on my end so um yeah because you you had sent me an email and at the time i was just like this is not business but i was like not only this is cool, but like I was a fan of yours already. Like I watched your channel, loved your work and everything. And I was like, Yay! hey, look, I'm going to make an exception here. Let's do this thing. Like this is interesting. I'm interested. So I think like that first night or two, I was trying to do what I could. And I could see the data in there because I'm I'm not really strong with my reverse engineering efforts like when it comes to software. But like I was looking at the executable through a hex editor and even just the ISO itself. And I was trying a few things in an emulator. And I'm like... I feel like I'm on the right path, but I'm I'm just not getting it. Like I don't have the skill set here. Um, so that's when I like pretty much put out the bat signal and I was like, hey, can anyone help? I know there's people out there who are smarter than me. Um, and there were a few people who reached out, but the two people um, who got some, at least on my end, who got some progress were uh, retroversing. Um, he was the first person who he was able to unlock the demo and make it yeah. playable. So you could actually um, patch the game. I think he actually he rebuilt the ISO. But really, the point is you could, um, you know, play the, the demo disc. You could play the Doom demo and it worked. The problem is that was it. That became yeah. the only thing that was playable. And then we handed off to X41, who is like, shout out to him as well, too. He's a fucking wizard with this. Like, I've, I've known him for years and he's just he's brilliant. But he was looking at it and he was like, hey, um. I actually got this unlocked and nothing else is broken on here. And I actually found full artwork and animation and music and everything. And I mean, if you give me a little bit of time, I think I can 
enable all of it because he went into the executables and re-enabled it right there. I think he was like looking at Thugidra or something. So he was the one who was able to then like restore all the M-rated demos on the T-disc and he was able to reintegrate the Doom demo because for, for lack of a better term, it was just it was just disabled. And he just yeah. went into the executable, re-enabled it, was able to recompile that executable and rebuild the ISO. Yeah, complete complete with menu icon and the uh, I called it the gibberish on screen. For those who have never played never played the the demo, there's what looks like matrix code above and below the menu system. And if you sit there mm -hmm. for a little bit, it's like secret messages will pop up. And he got all of that back in. It was freaking phenomenal yes and it's funny i was actually going to say even with that because i don't know how old he is but he's um he's younger than me and oh, don't tell me that they're wizards he, harry he, they're he, young I, wizards i know i know, I know. <laughs> but I, this is where i kind of felt my age a little bit because uh at one point he was like yeah because i think you mentioned the messages but i think he also found them too he's like yeah i'm seeing these messages and i'm seeing a few things and some of them are readable in text but other ones and he said something like this is before my time, but I think some of these are cheat codes, but I'm not sure. And I'm just like, God, like these young people are so damn brilliant, but damn it, yeah. I'm feeling a little old right now because yeah. yeah. he, he just in, in his lifetime, he didn't really experience cheat codes. Yeah. When he, when he said this is this is before my time in my life you could just hear the soundtrack going old man wizard <laughs> let me stroke my white beard for a second before i start crying <laughs> oh but it, they did such an amazing job like it was mm -hmm. it, it was so cool and then like what was neat was is um i also had a friend working side by side too that was yes. realizing some of the game shark stuff he big shout he wanted to keep he wanted to remain anonymous so he will but like like i even said this in the, in the video like the coolest thing was coming home from work and opening social and you and him were just like holy stuff we got stuff we got stuff it was just it was like it was like watching the like it was like watching the the cats of the well, the cats the lions of voltron just slowly form into the perfect demo it was so good it was so good and then like the, the funniest part of that whole situation is like once we had confirmed it was all good to go we went to like go post it on an unnamed site. They're like, oh no, that's that's not our thing. And we're like, God damn it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah, still sitting I, pretty on the Google Drive or the yes, yeah. archive.org. Yeah, and I and, and that's fine for it to be there. Oh, yeah. I I don't mind naming them because I it, it's all fine. I think it was was it ROM hacking? I, I want to yeah. say that was ROM hacking.net. Yeah, and the reason why they declined it, they just and, and I I didn't know it was a valid there. reason. Yeah. Yeah. They had said we cannot take we don't accept patches for demos. And I said, okay, fair enough. Like I understand. So but then I was like, okay, we need to find somewhere else to host this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, screw it, I've got archive.org. Let's just let's just do it. Mm -hmm. I want yeah, I want to talk about things. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's fine for archive. Yeah, I could tell it was like very much a, a an emotional experience in some that you really valued like going oh dude it, that, like that's like like as far as game rave tv goes that's like top 10 easily like, really that never, yeah dude just just like 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 to 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 bring up ghidra in in trying to do project up one which is me basically rebuilding the entire cheat archive of playstation one i wanted to try and get ghidra working so i could see if i could see into the programming and pick up like like programmer cheat lines or something like that like just just to like even if it's just like you see like a whole string of like controller options or inputs sure. that you know don't do anything i i i hmm. sort of installed ghidra i sort of installed the java whatever it means the jfi whatever that is and then there's this thing where you have to use a program called eclipse to 
prepare a PlayStation thingy. And the PlayStation thingy is in Eclipse, but I don't know how to get the Eclipse into the Ghidra. So I don't know what I'm doing. And the instructions, like the instructions weren't written for like a preschooler, which is my level. And so it's kind of just sitting there like, I'll get to this eventually. I'll just go back to like, you know, brute forcing my way through things okay that's fair that's fair yeah hey you know if anybody in the comment section can help with like what what you're talking about like any tips would be appreciated on that yeah yeah it's it's <laughs> it's beyond my scope like with, with the, the eclipse thing it's just like okay load this into here now go to this menu do this do that and then like the one step's like now go here i'm like that that's not in the menu that's not <laughs> like, in the menu where what, is what, this what are you doing yeah i understand yeah like the, it, what's funny is i have a net euro zay that i've always wanted to mess around with and yes just, just reading just reading the first four pages of how to get it started i was like this is not for me <laughs> that was um man that reminds me of uh when my brothers were younger at one point uh they were one of them was saying he wanted to get into development. He wanted to create an app that was like a game or something. And I was, and then I asked, I legitimately, I did pursue it. And I asked one of my friends, uh, shout out to Pathogen David. I asked him like, Hey, what would you recommend for a kid who's wanting to get into development? He recommended game maker. So I installed it on a family computer and, you know, credit to my brother. He actually sat through, he tried to sit through it. He was trying to go through the tutorial and he was reading through it after maybe 20 or 30 minutes. He went up, he started ranting to my other brother, and he was pretty much saying, like, it's dumb because you have to do this, and then you barely get to do anything. And before you even get to make anything in your game, you have to do 20 pages of stupid long homework. And that was yep. like, it was like the steps that were in there. And then it's funny because the older brother, he's like, okay, well, let, let me give this a try. He he didn't even get as far as the younger brother. <laughs> so oh, he comes man. upstairs, he's angry, and it's funny because they picked it up like he's complaining he's like no it, it didn't work it didn't work the younger brother's like well did you click add sprite did you do this <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh okay you guys are picking up something <laughs> oh dude like like i was like i even even when i was super young i was all in the video games and um two of my favorite programming memories of trying to program uh one i was in was it third grade no fifth grade maybe fifth grade maybe fifth grade um and we had a a, a computer room and I, we're like when i say computer room for the young kids i mean computers that had one color <laughs> besides okay. black yeah and okay. they ran they ran on basic and a whole bunch of listeners just went old man wizard <laughs> and i wanted i wanted i i loved find your fate books and I wanted to create a basic program that was a find your fate book about a bunch of Konami arcade machines that got stolen from an arcade. And I think, I think I got typed up the like intro paragraph to where you'd have to make your first, like, will you enter the arcade? And then I went to look up how to do it. And I was like, Oh, I don't, Oh, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> well, this was back when like, in order to use a computer, you really need it. You, you, you needed to code. Yeah, point, right? yeah, like, the, like, the, like there was no hard drive. It was just you, the keyboard, and that floppy disk you were saving to while you were typing. Okay. Um, and then, actually, nothing about that was in fifth grade. That probably would have been, God, third grade, maybe somewhere in there. And then fifth, uh, fifth grade came around, and um, I was obviously big into whatever gaming system was that uh, out at the time. And my teacher realized I was super into video games, 
and we had this little like um, ca- uh, magazine collection and she came up to me one day and she goes hey jason i know you're into video games you might be interested in this and she handed me a copy of three two one contact magazine okay. and they had a section in the back that were programs you could type into a commodore 64 which i was rocking at the time um to create simple games and there was a game for a home run derby and i was like oh i'm doing this and i took the magazine and i got home i got halfway through copying the code and i was like i, I gotta see what this looks like oh my god <laughs> i typed run and it was just a black screen with a blue frame and a single, we'll call it a pong bar, okay. <laughs> in the middle of the screen. That if I pressed B, I could quote unquote swing because that was the bat. I had no other graphics. I had no ball. And instead of that, in that moment of me going, "Wow, I'm doing great. I'm programming a game." I went, "I did all that just for this." <laughs> I yep. stopped writing it. Come to find <laughs> out, like this, this, this is all true. So, like, um. Was it three months ago? Three months ago, I had that memory of the 321 Contact magazine. I jumped on archive.org and I found the flipping magazine. Okay. Jumped, jumped online, found a Commodore 64 emulator. And I was like, you know what? We are going to complete the cycle. We are going to finish that program. I, I flipped to the page in the magazine, archive.org. The amount of text that I had to type was essentially, if you took an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and folded it in half, that's how much text I had to type. I couldn't make it through that far as a kid. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. I sat there. I typed everything. I hit run and the program didn't work. And I'm like, why, why didn't it work? It's perfect. I triple checked everything. And I look over the emulators. Like emulator was like, yeah, we don't support running code in this emulator. Just game loading. Oh, and I was just like, it's never meant to be. I'm never going to do it. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think you can still see this to the end though. You know what? I, I, I actually have a, uh, an SX 64 that I got as a gift from an ex-girlfriend years ago. And I'm like, one of these days I'm just going to print that, flipping page out <laughs> and mm-hmm. i'm gonna sit there on the sx64 and i know it's gonna happen i'm gonna program it it's gonna be fine i'm gonna hit run and you're just gonna see smoke pop out of the sx64 <laughs> i don't think it will be that dangerous but i really do think you should do that it actually it, it even brings up a good point too where it's like it's so cool to revisit some of that stuff because it's like i've noticed for for me at least like not only there's times i can revisit something maybe even a year or two later and like literally i feel like my brain is different and i can actually comprehend something properly um when it came to for example i know uh like a lot of the nitty-gritty like hardware xbox 360 related stuff i was doing um and even just with game systems in general when i was younger i simply couldn't wrap my head around a lot of what was expected and now it's not only really with part of it is experience but another part of it is like i feel like my brain developed enough to a point where it's like oh okay i can understand like for example i couldn't understand this at 15 but i can understand this at 19 i have more of an understanding of it and i even feel it in other things like i've noticed i was surprised that there was some video games that i was going back to that i haven't played in at least 10 years and i remember them being difficult for me and then I was going through them now and I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty easy. Like I've only died like once or twice and I definitely don't play nearly as much as I used to. So there's this weird thing of like, okay, I think I'm getting better when I think logically I would be getting worse. 
it's like some, some sometimes just a matter of perspective like i can't remember what game it is there, there there's a, there's an old um sega c game what is it i can't remember it now that like when i first played it i just i was i was done like i just i couldn't get it and then after installing it to the polymega i was like you know what I, i'll go give it a shot and sure enough like an hour and a half later i was like how did i not get this like what? right like i think i think it's just from like playing other games your brain just goes okay we know what to expect now you know because you've done this before but you just didn't realize it exactly i think that's part of the fun in game playing and even programming or like hardware modding is is the stumbling like like i don't learn the normal way i have to base the the easiest way for me to learn is the hard way like and like especially with like the the code the the code finding and researching like just brute forcing and stumbling through everything is so much fun because it doesn't feel like you're failing anymore. It just feels like, okay, I'm, I picked the wrong path. Let's go down this one. Sure. There's, there's like, like, I love it. Like, I, I think that, I think that's why I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why I'm doing it. Plus that's it gives, fair. Plus it gives me an excuse to play 1200 games. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. I will say, I'm not trying to be too pessimistic, but like, I'm sure there's also a lot of crap in there too that needs to be played, but still. You know what? I've, I've discovered, like, I, I've discovered sort of a self-reflection with, um, oh, what, maybe maybe it was Hooters. Hooters, like there was some uh-huh. game a while back where, like, like there, there's. I think that's the games. first time Hooters has ever been brought up here on the channel. But and go on, that, and that's what I can contribute to the, to the podcast. Perfect. Like, like there's always a set of games that will be crapped on just because that's the status quo. That's the cool thing to do. Like Hooters Road Trip is one of them on PlayStation. Um, another one might be Bubsy. There's there's just a specific there's a specific tier we'll call we'll call them the angry video game nerd tier of games that like yeah. it doesn't matter how much you might find joy in it it's always going to be like laughed at and and picked on and I think being older now is I got out of that like tribalism phase of where like I have to pick a side and like always defend it and always like put down um, the other side. Um, a, perfect, a perfect example is like when, when I got to high school for no reason, day one of my, my, my uh, day one of my high school career, I suddenly hated the rival school in everything. I'd never <laughs> been there. I didn't know anyone who went there, but I hated them with a passion. And then I graduated and was like, why did I hate them? Who cares? That's your world at that point. And then your world grew when you graduated. Yeah. And now part, part of the fun of reviewing all the games and so forth is like going back there with a fresh set of eyes, like, like um, I re-reviewed the crow because the first time I reviewed it, like I was like, Oh, this game's terrible. And to a degree, it's a terrible game, mm-hmm. but going back with a fresh set of eyes, you're like, you know what? It's not that bad from say this perspective, but you can tell where they were rushed and like, they just didn't have a chance to fully flesh it out. Yes. And it's, and it's cool going back to that because you can at least then redeem the developers that worked on it. Like they might've known it was going to be a bad thing, but at least you can say, look, you know, I appreciate what you did. You had to get a paycheck no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that a lot. Like, like nowadays, like the, I, I feel like a better, for like a better phrase, the tribalism today, especially in social media is so terrifying, especially in, I hate to use the phrase, the cancel culture, mm-hmm. but like, my God, like people are getting angry over literally nothing. Yep. And it's like, guys, just just pull back, have a beer. It's gonna be okay. You 
well, you you said a phrase that's I I I guess it's overused. You could say I can say one as well too, and it's like some of those people should uh, touch grass. I guess you could say. <laughs> Like, that's a proper use of it, right? Yeah, like, go outside, play in the grass, stare at the clouds, find shapes in them, wait for the rainbow. It does happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go get yourself something from McDonald's, have some nuggies. We all love the nuggies. Dude, McDonald's is not that good, okay? Like, it, I, it, no, I had McDonald's <laughs> at one point. Like, this is, I told a story, it was like a few years ago. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to like try some of my, because I'd been good off bastard for a while. I was like, I'm going to go to some of these places. Like, I went to Dairy Queen, I went to McDonald's, and I'm like, this does not, this does not taste good. Like, <laughs> now, I will tell you, McDonald's does hit a little bit differently when um, the last time I had it, um, my girlfriend and I were, we were out to a bunch of arcades and stuff. We were with some of her family and then we dropped them off and we were driving back. And when it's like, when it's like 2 a.m. and you're hungry and you got like an hour drive ahead of you, McDonald's does hit differently. Then That's yeah, a very good time to get McDonald's. Yeah, it's the 2 a.m. nourishment. Like you, you, sometimes you don't need the five star steak. Sometimes you just want whatever counts as chicken at this point, at this current exactly. state. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, like, like the Mrs. Game Rave just calls it, uh, 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 you, you, you want to be, she looks like you want to be dirty. And I'm like, Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some tacos to go. Yeah. I, dude, I will say I do unironically enjoy the uh, Taco Bell breakfast. I like their offerings. It sounds <laughs> terrifying, but it's like, I actually like their breakfast. I have not tried them yet because I cannot bring myself to like, to stop by a Taco Bell on the way to work to grab a breakfast burrito because in my brain I'm like there's not like, just a breakfast burrito I like the crunch wrap oh that's true there, there's a crunch wrap yes but, but it's just like how much how belly do I want to gas my coworkers? let's think about mm. this for a sec okay that's fair <laughs> uh, that's why I don't really mind working from home all that too much I'm like oh my bathroom is like right there exactly and it's a personal bathroom which makes it even better exactly yeah yeah I, you can scream all you need to <laughs> How much McDonald's did you have? No, it's not just McDonald's, but it's like, you know, just any time. Well, look, when when things are not going right with your stomach, when there is like pain, you you need a way to exfiltrate and just really just feel what's going on. And sometimes you're going to be a little vocal. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah been there, done that. Oh, my yes, God. Exactly. <laughs> Not not at all related to food, but there was there was one last thing I did want to ask you about the Doom thing. And it's it's funny, I, I never asked you about this and I've been wanting to. Mm. Um at one point with the Doom demo, I did because we were talking about after we got it all sort of the technical side, um, you were really interested, like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Why was this on the demo? Why did it get canceled? And I quite literally told you, email John Carmack. I just need to know, did you think I was messing with you? On no, no. I, okay. I, to be honest, I was like, I was like, like, see, like, uh, I, it may not, I don't know if it comes across in my videos, but like, I am a very anxiety driven, shy person. Okay. And, and in, in the middle of like doing like all this crazy stuff, like with just demo disc, you were like, why don't you talk to the creator of the game? Who's a personality <laughs> in something. And all I heard was you should try talking to God. And I was like, oh, Okay. So for those of you that haven't watched the video, I actually worked up the nerve and I explained the entire thing. I, I contacted John Carmack on Twitter and after um, politely explaining the situation and laying my heart and soul on the line for the answers, his only reply was something of like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, that's and that was fair. it. Yeah, that's fair. And I was yeah. like, cool. And I walked away from it. 
you know, and here's the thing. It, it sounds like kind of a funny thing of, okay, why would you just email the creator? Cause I, and I'm happy it didn't seem like this. I, I thought of it cause I, I sincerely did mean it. And I was like, I hope you're not taking it as like me trying to get you off your back, like off my back or something. Oh but, no, no, no. Yeah. You were just, okay. just giving me like, what was funny was like, was what's funny is at the time, all I all I could contribute was like researching the game share codes once we had the in and I felt so useless that I like I was like, okay, like when you said that, I'm like, you know what, that's a good idea. I'll start I'll start trying to contact him. I'll start mm-hmm. doing research on the things. And I actually was gonna try and track down the actual PlayStation programmer. Mm. And I don't remember what happened, but somewhere in the breadcrail trum, it became apparent that he was really not on social media. And a lot I was like, of programmers and it's like, well, people from like back in the day who worked on those games are like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pester anyone then. Um, and I'll just let him be. So like, like, like we, after, after, at, once we had gotten the whole complete package, so I'm like, you know what? It's all good. There. Um, I was talking to a friend in the industry and he came up with, I think the idea that I shared on the video, which was, it might've been that for some reason it didn't meet the U S Sony standards because that same demo is available in the PAL region as a standalone demo. And then on one of their other multi-demo discs. And I think, isn't the demo in PAL doesn't that it doesn't start from the first level. It starts from like a much later level. Oh yeah. Well, they're both, uh, even, even our demo. Um, I think it's level 22 or 23. Okay. I ha- I have it in the trivia on the on the page. I, it, but yeah, gotcha. not it's it's all the same. It's all the only difference was is the between the two pal ones, one of them had the credits and one didn't. There we go. That was about the, about the difference, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, cuz I I I kind of wanted to explain myself even on the um uh the John Carmack uh, email there. The way I even got that idea was there was there was one episode of Joe Rogan he was on and I listened to it and he had said there that he responds to emails and such. And Joe was like, Oh wait, you, you still do that. He's like, yeah, no, I, even to this day, like it's part of my day. I respond to every email that I get. So it was something I knew that he did. And I was like, the worst case that's going to happen is you're not going to get a response. But like, I legitimately did mean it when I was like, email john carmack because he will probably get back to you and his just short reply of i don't know well he had tons of emails to get through and yeah, it's like exactly. okay like he didn't know and he answered honestly that's fine that was enough for me i was all good yeah <laughs> but yeah i i always wanted to uh, i always wanted to ask that i didn't know if you thought i was like kind of like half joking or anything there but no i sincerely meant it i'm like no from what i know john carmack replies to all of his emails and messages you should email him oh yeah no like let's put it this way when, when it comes to uh, if there's one thing i absolutely adore and will never tire of is solving a mystery Okay. Like, like I, like if, if you're, if you're sitting there doing something, you go, Oh, I can't figure this out. I will just start like, even if I know absolutely squat about the subject matter else, they're going, well, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's do that. Let's do that. And you saying that was just me going, well, it might solve the puzzle. Let's go. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, thank you for answering that. I, I, I always wondered that even though it's been like, geez, like two years since we worked on that, but yeah, I God, has wondered. it been that long already? Dude. I know time doesn't matter anymore. Are you time kidding is- me? I'm not. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That was before COVID. That was before the dark time. No, that was during COVID. Was it? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was during COVID. But oh, I had God. to double check it. I was like, wow, that was two years ago. <laughs> oh my God. COVID I know. Math. Yeah. Time. Time is meaningless at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. 
<laughs> oh boy it's fine though <laughs> yeah i know you've i've just been interested in this i know you've uh mentioned like one or two names on this but you you've worked at at least one game store right uh, for as far as like where I've been in the gaming industry, I have yeah. worked for a uh, game sh- uh, in order. Um, I worked for a mom and pop store originally that was part of the Microplay franchise that was ordering in Canada. Um, but then they broke free from them and became high score. Um, they ended up closing up shop and uh, bef- I had left them to actually go work for Game Shark. Uh, which is Interact Accessories in Maryland, which was... Oh my God, I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So the funny story behind that is it was just the way my life works. Um, So at the time when I was still in Illinois, um, I was doing my own fanzine and I was doing my own fanzine because a fanzine I had been working on who had been trying to be a real magazine um, basically didn't tell anyone they were canceling all the subscriptions and going to a, a, a website only format. Okay. And I, and I felt super bad because I was technically the front man working at the family store. And I was like, okay, th- I can't, I can't do this. So I basically created my own fanzine and over in Maryland in uh, game shark land, there was a guy who was running his own game shark site as a fan site doing codes that for whatever reason, game shark just couldn't do because they couldn't properly, you know, test or whatever. So he contact, he, he, he contacted me for a subscription to my fanzine. And we started talking like, wait a minute, you run this website. Can I use your game shark codes in the thing? He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Blah, blah. My fanzine through him ended up in the hands of one of the editors and they were like, uh, yeah, you're doing some crazy stuff. We could totally use you here doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool, got the job and up there. Side tangent. I found out a month and a half after being hired that the person that hired me essentially hired me to be his mole in the team. To okay. like to like find out like what everyone was doing. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> okay. So I told my boss, I was like, yeah, I basically just found this out. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to actually be here for what I'm supposed to be doing. And he put me in a corner, a corner desk with just some stuff. And I was like, okay, let's let me prove to them that this is why I'm here. And I opened up the desk drawer and there was a whole bunch of Game Boy Color games. And I was like, here we go. And I basically plowed through a bunch of Game Boy games, wrote the reviews and stuff like that and gave it to him. And he was like, you're you're number one now. Like, you're going to be our, our our go to guy for this. That's awesome. Yeah. And then side side tangent of little like little ego trip. Um, I was there when the PlayStation 2 launched and when when everyone could only get one console. I was the guy that got the only PS2 we get our hands on because they knew I could do all the reviews and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. And then they ended up folding. Um, I ended up taking a job as an assistant manager at EB games out in Maryland and eventually found my way home and ended up finishing my graphic design livelihood at school while still being at EB games and eventually GameStop. And then from GameStop, um just all the years of doing things i was like you know what like i once i got out of here i don't want to be out of gaming forever i don't want to be a complete filthy casual and mm-hmm. that's when i realized you know what i i found my calling in game rave and i will i will be the un the un 
the unelected voice of the PlayStation one for people that need information. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And see, okay. You know, that also makes sense as well too. Cause you, you come from a, very much kind of i feel kind of like that journalism background in a way in terms like reviews and stuff but also it's just that would explain why there's like some industry stuff like you know how to navigate and look for and everything because of that that game shark background oh, am i wrong yeah. on that no in fact it, it it really is a blessing in disguise like i joke about how like, like yeah i, I did re- i did retail management for 20 years it was, it was it was chaos and then i realized like like I'll, I'll, I'll describe things and I'll answer things on a social post and people are like, well, how the hell do you know that? I'm like, and I, I realize I'm like, I was there like, yep. like almost everything. Like if you, if you count, if you count me starting work at high score slash microplay, that was 97, give or take. So literally okay. two years into the PlayStation from that point on, any retail release marketing pop stands like you know uh training for kiosks and stuff i would have been hands on and at the time across the street literally was a mall of like three more game stores i was friends with everyone there so like after my job at the game store i could go to the other three game stores hang out and chill and see their retail marketing Dude, and their computer purchases i did the same thing <laughs> yeah and like you don't realize how much of that you retain in that filing cabinet in the back of your head until 25 years later. Someone's like, yeah, I found this puppet from Lunar. I don't know what it is. And you're like, I know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it. I, I am so thankful, especially from a hobby standpoint and my game rave standpoint of like that the life I had, I would never have given up because I wouldn't know what I know now. And yeah. it's just incredible. Dude, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> I haven't been as into it there. My my only like official tenure really is uh like I worked at a mom and pop video game store from like 2009 to 2011, so just over 2 years. Uh and it was it was a really fun time to work in the industry. Industry, yeah. I guess you can say. We didn't really have any new stuff, so like the the promotional stuff, the kiosks and everything you're talking about, like I didn't have any access to that. It was really just the um secondhand market and also console uh repairs i didn't do any of the repairs funny enough um i wasn't doing any of that we had other repair people there but i kind of you know i was aware i was looking at it i kind of you know retained some knowledge i i saw where to go and what to do on that um but i also i was a technical person back then even as well and i did help out with a lot of tech issues that just general weird tech issues and stuff that were going on um but yeah i i remember um at that time it was just having the general game knowledge about certain things maybe not as much like promotional materials but um just like different versions of, of games or what have you um that definitely did help me out there and i was able to um i was able to make some some good recommendations all that i was happy with i'm thinking even like one of them was uh there was one person i remember he had a ps2 and he was saying he was looking for a game to get into or a series because he was trying to quit smoking. So he wanted to replace that with like video games if he could. Um, so I, I explained like we were kind of perusing the shelves. I explained Hitman to him and he seemed to like it. And I ended up selling him one of the other ones. He got addicted to that series. So he came back and he bought every single other Hitman as he was. Nice. Them. Yeah. And he got off smoking, thankfully. Yay. That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was, it was that, more experiences like that. <laughs> that's because he now has a smoking gun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was the real Agent Forty Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that that's that's awesome. Like, I guess through all of your times there, like working at the game shops, what would have been your favorite time or favorite era? Um, God, I like, geez, God, I, I, good God, like I, I lived through the births and deaths of so many game systems, but while being behind did, a retail yeah. counter, like it's crazy. I think, let me think. I think, oh man. I don't think I have a specific, like, this is my favorite moment ever, but one of the great moments as far as building a community, being person to person and not like just social online, was uh, when I was working at the one strip mall, uh, EB Games, it was Halo 2. God, I've been in the industry way too, well, it was in the industry way too long. Um, <laughs> was, I think it was Halo 2 or Halo 3's launch night. Okay. And... Um, the way the strip store was situated, we were able to access a walkway, uh, I guess a sidewalk, a sidewalk so we could rope people off, but have it to where they could all still see like the front of the store. So like if we were discussing or like, you know, just having fun with posters and so forth, everyone had a clear view. And I had an idea to get the crowd laughing. Now, what this entails referencing is actually back in the news recently so this will be cool for like you know making it timely yeah um i was able to take a bunch of the um inserts for the for the halo 3 and make my own halo 3 cases and in the halo 3 case i put a specific item and that specific item was a potential prize now when it came time to start entertaining the crowd, um, one of the things we did was, is I had a contest and you, ha I, I don't remember the specifics, but it was basically you either had tell a story of like your best halo kill. And if the crowd liked it, you got your choice of a poster or what was inside the cakes, like, okay. like make a deal style. And the first guy thinking it was the actual game I was like, yeah, I'll take the case. And he, I, I go show it to the crowd, open it up. And he opens it up and a Lipton tea bag <laughs> fell out. And I was like, you just got tea bagged. And the crowd went nuts. And that's it was, amazing. And it was fantastic. Unfortunately, no one picked the case after that, oh. but it was just the, just the, the look of the look of awe on his face and the crowd roaring was just absolutely fantastic. Um, and then on the opposite of that, as far as like teamwork goes at the same, th at, the th at the same, uh, store, we were doing the midnight release for whatever the blue expansion pack was for world of Warcraft, whatever uh, the blue one was, I, um, 30, I, I think it was the witch. The, is it the, the one Wrath the, of the witch? I I've actually, one thing I'm proud of, I've never played world of Warcraft. And so neither I'm have I like, my, yeah. Hey, congratulations. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. MMO is not me. Um, but whatever, but whatever, 15 minutes before we were open for business to start handing out the game, all of the credit card machines went down. Oh, no. We had so, so literally, we were like, okay, A team time, what do we do? And what happened was, is, I I was I was the entertainer guy. I was I was the spokesman outside, so I had to go like face a crowd of like 400 people and like, "Hey, if you hadn't already put your thing through, it's going to take a few minutes because this was before like 
this was before like actual like cell phone apps and so forth. So like we had to like sit there on their like mobile flip phones, typing in all the confirmations, calling like the credit card companies. Yeah. So what we did was I ran outside. I was like, guys, look, here's the situation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, blah. And as soon as I said, if you've prepaid, come to me. A couple of the people in the front who were clearly like den, like the den leaders of their online clients, if that's what you want to call them, turned around, all went, everybody, front and hold lines, here, here, and here. And 400 people snapped in line like I had just hit sort in Excel. And we got, even with no credit card machines, we did 400 people, I think, in an hour. That's tops. amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic fantastic it was just oh my god and i was literally out there with a two-wheeler you know open season target of nothing but collector's editions and stacks of their own game literally in the middle of a parking lot like with no bodyguard and people just in line showing me the receipt showing me their seat showing me their seat that's Getting awesome. them out of there yeah it was it was fantastic <laughs> that's cool because yeah i'm i've only gone to one or two midnight launches but i do remember it was like that where they have you pay uh, like well in advance, pretty much when you get there, they're like, hey, if you want to hang out in the store, you got to pay everything off in full. And then they kind of just get you into a line. And I remember they couldn't sell us the game until oh, probably 12.01. Yeah, and, it's it's 12.01, yeah. Yeah, 12.01, and it was a big line. And by 12.03, everyone had, was gone. Yeah, and, and I that's why you do the prepay. Yeah, and then I thought people might hang out or something because it's like by 12.03, people were done. And by 12.05, almost everyone was gone. People just like, they ran back out of their cars and just drove off. They didn't want to yep. hang out. They just wanted like to, to play their new games, which that was the that was the launch for both. Um, it was the same night, uh, Max Payne 3 and Diablo 3. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's especially if you're on the PC, like you want to run home and like, you know, wait the half hour to install it and then finally play it. And, well, finally play it. The thing didn't even work because of Air 37. So oh. I knew that something like that was going to happen. So that's why I didn't even play it the first week. Like I bought it and I just, I opened it and I think I just installed like off the disc, but um, I was interested in Max Payne. <laughs> I said, you, what, you said that error code. My first thought was order 66 and like a whole bunch of programmers just went, no, 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 don't say that number. <laughs> <laughs> You'll activate all the fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great, though. That's uh, a and see, that's cool that you got to be in a bunch of different shops like that as well, too. Um, yeah. Like I said, I only had that uh, that one where it's like, uh, the shop, uh, the game shop I worked at, I, I feel like I, I learned a lot. It was great, but it was, I tell people it was like one of the best and like also probably like the worst job I had because it also it's a retail job, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of like we have to make it, make it fun. Like, um, like what's funny is when, uh, oh, there it is. Um, I just got the Zencaster email like two hours later. Um, oh, no worries. Yeah. Um, like the thing I loved, uh, the thing I miss about retail is that like, the, the good and the bad is you're basically cornered like you are someone's psychiatrist someone's therapist someone's helpline someone's like like someone's like butler like as far as like buying games and helping mm -hmm. choose on and so forth and in all those years of working in retail i developed this i call it my patience shield that was like impenetrable like nothing nothing could get to me except maybe like extreme conditions. And then like, once I had like, once I had my cry behind the counter, I was good. Mm -hmm. Having now been six years out of retail, that patient shield is gone. Oh yeah. It's just like, what, what are you talking about? Like what this, no, I really, this is, we're going to do that. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yep. I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> oh man. That's, uh, uh, 
but I, I think, I think it should be mandatory that every person has to work a retail job yes. for at least three years, and then you can be free. Three years, okay. Yeah. Just okay, because I haven't just, heard of that law. Yeah, well, yeah, just just because if, 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 from a three year perspective, the first the first six months of your first year, you are virgin. Like you are going to be abused, tossed, and you're going to figure out how thick your skin really is to handle this stuff. Mm-hmm. By the back half of the first year, you've got your footing. The second year is when you realize all the ins and outs of how to like legally, and I don't mean this like from a, from a law standpoint, but legally abuse the system you work in. Like for GameStop, hey, I might not be able to return this, but I can exchange it for this to make you happy and keep the store happy and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. That third year is when with that knowledge of everything you learned, you can figure out what what oh, I forgot the word I'm looking for, what skills you have tamed that can now be transferred to something that isn't, even if it's not related, you can transfer it over. And then from there, you're free to go wherever you want. Like, I think, I think today's humanity needs <laughs> that, that like, and I hate to say it like this, but they need that, like, I can't think of a better, like that indentured servitude application to realize just how good you have it once you get out of retail. Also, the thing with that that happens is afterwards, like for me, at least like I I've never given people a hard time. Like I I can think of like maybe one or two times I've like given someone on the customer service and a hard time because like I've had customer facing jobs, customer service jobs. Um uh what is it like retail jobs as well but like i'm one of those people i i will try and help you out i am very patient and help help you i'm saying as in like when i'm dealing with someone at a game store or at any type of retail job and i've told them like yeah i've worked this job before i get it i'm trying to be trying to be a good customer here all right (laughs) oh yeah dude like 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 i've noticed like 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 side tangent I was the, I was the I was the guy at GameStop who like people that bought things at Best Buy and like Toys R Us across the street would still come to me with their questions just because they know I would answer them, not make them feel stupid, like we're condescending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the on the flip side, like like I, I am shocked. I was shocked working how many customers would come to me terrified that I was going to snap at them, and now six years removed, being the customer, I'm shocked at how many employees are shocked that I'm not being a quote unquote Karen to them. Like, yeah, like I've had so many people like at a Starbucks, just look at me like, go, you, you didn't yell at me. I'm like, no, why would I yell at you? You just like, I just need something else on my drink. Like, like in to share a story with about Mrs. Game Rave, we both have a wicked sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to frame the mentality of, of today's poor worker and how much help they really need. We were at a Starbucks and whatever drink I ordered, he turned to me and said, Hey, just, so you know, is it okay? We don't have whatever they sprinkle on top. So essentially they don't have half a dime's worth of an ingredient that I probably wouldn't notice anyway. Cause it, it ends up at the bottom of the cup. Mm-hmm. And before I could say, yeah, that's fine. This is game Rafe in the best fake voice I've ever heard. Just goes, Oh, I am going to use such, I'm going to put such a bad Yelp review. And she pulls out her phone and starts doing like that mimicking hand gesture. Mm-hmm. This, this guy's face turns so white. And both of us are like, that's a reality for him. Yeah. And we're both one. No, no, no. We're, we're joking. We're, we're kidding. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. He goes, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. 
I was yep. like, what, like, what are you guys dealing with? Like, oh my God. They're a, a joke to you is the reality for them. <laughs> oh, dude. Like, like I, I made the comment one time, like a, a friend of a friend that still worked at GameStop at the time after I had left, he goes, Hey man, I know you're out. I know you got loving your job. You were phenomenal. Would you ever come back as holiday part-time for like just three hours a week? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I've, I have seen the people I walk among now. I, I can't do it anymore. I'm good. You know, that was me as well, too. I remember because um, I, I quit my job, because, like my uh, game store job because of uh, I went to college and it was just at another city and stuff. But I was still in contact and still friends with people there. And my boss said at the time is like, hey, man, you know, if you ever want to work, because you always did a good work. If you ever want to work, you ever want a few hours, just let me know. And uh, whatever you're making at your college, I'll match it because I had a job there. Nice. And I was like, yo, that's a sweet deal. But then when it came down to it, I was like huh i don't want to do that actually <laughs> like i would for, during my breaks and stuff like i would be there i would hang out i would talk to people i would get my discount all that stuff i didn't work but like when when i left when i stopped working there i never worked another hour there even though i had the door always open for me they always would have let me there like they enjoyed my company plus uh, again they would have matched my rate which was good but i was just like no no, I'm not doing that. And it's no offense to you all. It's just, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And what's funny is, is like every so often I'll, uh, I'll unintentionally slip back into GameStop mode. Um, a story the missus likes to always retell to her friends is we were at Best Buy one time and I was just playing around with one of the iPads and a, an older couple to my left was talking to the Best Buy employee and they were asking about something and he was like, well, no, unfortunately you can't do that. You can't do that. Yada, yada. <laughs> And without realizing I had slipped into GameStop mode, I turned and said, well, actually you can. You can just use this program, this program. You can run anything you want. It's all good. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. You know what? We, like, we will take this Mac. And they went, wait, they went off to go get like an accessory or something. And the Best Buy guy just looked at me like I had killed his mom. <laughs> I was like, dude, I just got you a sale. What are you talking about? <laughs> dude, I've, uh, I've, I've had that happen where I've accidentally done that. But usually it's like appreciated. I think there was... Um, and usually it's more of like a word of warning. I'm thinking like, uh, I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but there was once where I was at a Costco and uh, there was a couple, I was seeing an older couple, they were buying this big HP laser jet. And I kept looking, I kept looking and I was like, no, no, I can't do this. And I just walked over to them. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And I had to say that a few times. And then when they saw like me, random person, I was trying to flag them down. They're like, okay, what does this guy want? And I just asked them, I was like, are, are you looking to buy that? Like, what are you looking to do? And I, <laughs> it's funny because I was so against this printer. I was even telling them like, look, I'll show you, like, I'm not affiliated with HP. I'm not affiliated with any other printer company, but like, I can't let you all walk out with that. And I asked them how much they're paying for it. They told me my jaw dropped. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm telling you this. Look, I'm sorry. I know y'all probably want to get a printer right now. I'm just telling you, like, I work in the tech industry and stuff. I bought this printer. I spent more time fighting with it than I did printing stuff. I returned it. I got this other one that was better for the same price. Like, in my opinion, you all should put this one back and just order one of these online. I know that's probably discouraging. You want to get something today, but I'm telling you, that is not a good printer. <laughs> now, here's a, here's a question for you. We're, we're, we're both veterans of the retail world. Do you still find yourself when you're shopping, with the exception of a grocery store, well, even a grocery store to a point, okay. do you still find yourself alphabetizing things, straightening things, 
fixing things? Mm, I don't do that as much, but I am. I do it a little bit. I do it a little bit. I'm more careful of like, hey, if I get something, I'm going to put it back where it was. And I might like straighten things up a little bit and clean them up. But that, so, yes, you could say I'm partially guilty for it because <laughs> I, I, I want to respect the game store that I'm going to, you know? Yep. I say every every time I start doing it, I'll just hear uh, the misses behind me just go, you're doing it. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. <laughs> but it looks better now <laughs> exactly yeah i think one of the more funny things i had recently was there's uh there's one game shop i've been going to and uh, there was a woman who worked there i was trading in some stuff and she was like hey so typically we don't pay that much for this stuff we might give you like a dollar or two here i was like that's fine and then she's like well i mean do you know the prices like i know you used to work at a game store and i'm like Okay, I know I can take advantage here, but I don't want to be that person. And also, hold on, hold on. You're not supposed to be asking me that. Like, I'm not supposed to be telling you the prices. <laughs> <laughs> but I just told her, I was like, don't worry. Like, I know what I have. And then she was, it, it, was, it wasn't even anything secret. It was like a, just a bunch of like Atari 2600 games and stuff that like I, I have no interest in or anything. And I got more than I expected from there because she was like, I'll give you like a dollar for each of these. And there's some I can give you a little more. And I was like, are you kidding me? I thought you were going to give me like a quarter for each of these. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's maybe the closest funny thing that's happened there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, you know, I did kind of want to start wrapping this up here, but uh, there is one thing I do ask uh, all my guests, and even if I don't have a guest, I do talk about it. But uh, yeah. what games have you currently been playing here recently? Uh, depends. Um, if we're talking current gen, uh, the last thing I did was start the game plus mode of Horizon Forbidden West. Okay. Um, and then I started, uh, getting back into Mass Effect, uh, remastered, um, on the actual, like, hobby YouTube side. Um, I just finished King's Adventure on PlayStation. Um, I haven't heard of that one, actually. King's Adventure. King's Lee's Adventure. It's a cute little, um, it's just like a little, um, Imagine if the Ocarina of Time, if Link were a fox and there were no RPG <gasps> elements. But there was a fox game on there? Yes. What? Yes, there was. Yes. What? Kingsley Adventure, you said? Yes. In fact, uh, my newest my newest episode, um, I go into a deep dive where you find out that Kingsley actually started off as a rabbit. And to basically ruin the episode, there is a dungeon in the game where you come across a jail cell, a prison. And each of the characters in their respective jail cells are all unused or cut characters. So they're literally permanently in prison. And then you find this unnamed rabbit. He's the only character in the game who doesn't have a name. He's just called the prisoner. It's actually Kingsley's original character design as a rabbit. That's chilling and awesome. And yeah. I'm just, dude, here's the thing. I love foxes. Like, I love the PS1. I don't know how the hell. I've, I've never <laughs> even seen this game. And it's by Psygnosis. It was, uh, Scott Butler was one of the artists on here. Like, what? You're blowing my mind. Like, yeah, it's. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, it's, the, as far as a game goes, it's a little bit rough in the platforming because he loses, for some reason, he loses his momentum if you just, like, absolutely tap the d-pad and you drop straight down but if you can get over that it's actually a really really adorable game like uh, the 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 challenges aside i i I really liked it it's a really good game all right awesome and you said it's it's kind of like ocarina so basically it's imagine if you took ocarina and 
uh, stripped out all the RPG stuff. So like you start the game as him and he's trying to become a squire and a knight and you go into the, the towns are like four buildings and all you really need the town for is to figure out um, what, uh, what secondary boss door is and why you can't get to it. And then the main boss of that area so the reason I call it the Ocarina of Time is because like Ocarina of Time, which the running joke is, is it's just a living room with eight bathrooms as far as the dungeon goes. Uh, in, okay. In Kingsley's, it's a castle with eight bathrooms because all like you, you get to the other lands by jumping into foxholes that are all attached to the castle. So you're mm-hmm. not really adventuring. You're just going into like separate quote unquote room levels. Um, but, but what makes it neat is, is as you defeat each boss, you then get like a better sword or gloves. And because you now have that, you can now go to the sub boss door and like leap across a platform or use a winch. Cause you have the magical gloves and so forth. Mm-hmm. So there's no like actual, like um, uh, what would you call it? Like, 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 like in, like in Zelda, like in a Zelda game, you might have like a true, I hate to use the term, but like gatekeeping to where like, like, Oh, Mm. you, you can go back to this area of the game, like five hours later, once you have something. And with this, it's just really straightforward. You just like, okay, now that you have this, you can do this. Now you do this, go to the next foxhole. Okay. Now you did this foxhole. Now go to the next foxhole. And then once you get done, you then go back to all the sub bosses and you finish up the game. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like I, dude, I want to play this game now. Like I didn't know about this. Dude, they all, they all speak in like that Simlish. So it's like, that sounds so cute. And Kingsley is a sassy little bastard. Like, like, like like, the writing is so funny. You beat one of the bosses and he was just like, all I wanted to do was like set up my own castle and you've slain me. And he's like, tough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, but what you, what you hear is <laughs> that's great i'm just i'm so curious why i've never heard about this game i've never heard of it until now yeah it wasn't a really big release and if i'm remembering the time frame that's when Cygnosis was starting to not really break away from sony but do mm. a lot of their own publishing and um at the time even midway was taking care of Cygnosis's publishings with like the demolition derby raw and so forth so it might have just been as much as I hate the term, a hidden gem, just based on the fact that like it was quietly released and there was something else to take, would, take your mind off of it. You know, I would say that's a fair thing to call a hidden gem because like I've never heard of this game. Bam, okay. check it out. It's fun. Yeah, I, I have something to check out now. Awesome. No, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, man. I have proved my worth. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. But right on. So those are, those are the games you've been keeping you busy then. Pretty much, yeah. And then like every so often, like with the with the um, the code cheat code verification and so forth, I'll start diving into random games. Like right now, I'm stumbling, not playing through the game, but uh, figuring out all the issues with uh, Nightmare Creatures One and Two's um, programmers cheats. Mm-hmm. And then I also what other game did I just finish? There was a, oh, um, I haven't done the review yet. That's why uh, Blazing Dragons on the PlayStation Sega Saturn phenomenal uh, point and click adventure in the, in the same vein as like uh, full throttle that was written by one of the money Python guys. Ooh, gotcha. And I'm, I'm actually looking this up as well too. I've seen this cover before. All yeah, right. It's really good. The guy on the cover is voiced by Cheech Marin. I think it's, it's, it's really good. Oh my God. That's amazing. Huh? This looks, I, I like the art style and everything on this too. This is awesome. Real cool. See, I, t- I think you know better than anyone, but this is why I love the PS1. Like, <laughs> exactly. I, I love stuff like this. This is awesome. 
Yep. I think that's why I'm so happy that I, almost all the games are on site. Like, I, I just want a website where people can go swimming mm-hmm. and just the deep end, the shallow end, wherever you want to go, I will be there for you to help you guide you on your path. Perfect. And, and also, this is cool. It looks like it came out um, on Halloween of 96. That's a very good time to release a game. Nice. Yeah. At least in the in North America, EU, across the pond, y'all got it um, in November. Yep. So not as cool. But yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, on my end, let's see. I've been, I've been sharing this for a while, but dude, I'm on. Uh, I'm still playing Ring Fit. Like my thing is, I like Ring Fit Adventure. I play it like Monday through Friday. That is, I don't have a gym membership, so I do Ring Fit. Um, I'm a good amount way through my third playthrough of it right now. Let me ask you this. I unfortunately I can't play it because I'm on the second floor of a condo. So you know, <laughs> you can still play. <laughs> just <laughs> the, the people underneath will hate you, but still, exactly. Yeah. I, is it actually helping you stay in shape? Because I was a huge, yes. I was a huge fan of We Fit and We Fit You. Like I adore okay. the the yoga programs in them. Okay, it, it, is is Ring Fit actually like giving you the run for your money as far as like the actual fitness goes? Yes, yeah, dude. Like I said, so I because uh, I bought it in 2019, and then when all the COVID stuff went down, then I had an excuse to actually use it, and my gym membership was paused at that time. Uh, but then I was playing it so frequently and it was doing such a good job that I canceled my gym membership. So I haven't had a gym membership in over two years. And really? um, yeah, um, I will tell you, I mean, I'm not just playing this, but you know, I also, I have a dog, I walk yeah. her. So I'm also like watching what I eat and stuff. Some days are better than other days. Today was a bad day, but still <laughs> today was also a good day. Um, but no, like it's keeping my weight in check and everything. It's a workout. Like if you play the game and it does not kick your butt, it's because you're not playing at a high enough difficulty. <laughs> like it's just like, it is serious. When you play the game, it's very well made. You can tell the actual effort and research and everything was put in into it the ring con when you're messing with it when you're squeezing it like there's a ton of tension it's like i've had friends where they they kind of press it a bit and they don't want to break it i'm like no 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 really squeeze it in they're like oh my god that that's tough to do like that's hard so i even i've had um there's been like friends who have tried it as well too like actually tried the game and they get like a few minutes and they're like dude, I can't do this. It's kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. So I would, if you have, I, I've been telling everyone, like if you have a switch, get ring fit. If you're interested in it, it honestly, if you actually use it, I've gotten well more than $80 of usage out of it. Um, even at, um, when, when lockdown happened, like with COVID back, like March, 2020 in South Korea, um, the switch was selling out like hotcakes and not only because, um, uh, like Animal Crossing had come out, but Ring Fit had sold out because a lot of people in South Korea were buying the Switch to play Ring Fit because gyms had closed. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so I, I can't speak highly enough of it. Like, I highly recommend it. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, there was, um, there's been that. Um, I did... Dangerous thing. I did pick up Grand Theft Auto Three again, so I played through it on. Uh, I played the PS4 version on PS5 and uh, still enjoyed it. Uh, Baba is you. I picked that up on Switch and I've been playing that a bit. Uh, that is, I'm not the best at puzzle games, so it's a bit of a struggle, but it's been mm. fun. Um, but the game that's been currently taking the internet by storm, which is well deserved, uh, I picked up Prey, uh, not Prey, Stray. Excuse me, Stray. Dude, I want to, I want to play that, but like, it's, that's gonna be like way back on my burner right now. <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's a short game at least, but it's it's super cute, and it's it's one of those things where there's many times I'm kind of guilty of not really playing all too many games, and I'll get like super hyper focused in them, like. 
the example I use is kind of, you know, for a bit, I wasn't really playing all that much. And then all of a sudden, within a week, I burned through all three Max Payne games. Nice. Um, then I was kind of playing some other stuff. And then Stray, like, this has gotten enough of my attention where I was like, no, I want to play this. And it's so well done. I love it. It's it's super cute as well, too. Um, honestly, my, my only, they're not even complaints, but my only recommendations i would say for it are uh because i'm playing the ps5 version on ps5 so it has the dual sense controller mm. i would have loved it if they could have just like added this and they could have disabled it as well too like you know have it as a feature but disable it if you could feel like the pitter patter of the cat's paws when like your cat is walking around with the vibration mm. that would have been such a nice feature to have added in um another thing which this made me laugh but like at one point because uh, your cat is wearing uh, this kind of getup that has, you know, a piece of technology on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And when this is strapped onto you, the cat is just like, all of a sudden, like, low to the ground, can't walk properly. Mm-hmm. It just hates its life. And it was hilarious. Um, and the thing is, then this computer kind of pops out, and it's just like, oh, hey, yeah, we designed this for uh, quadrupeds like you. Like, if you're uncomfortable, you'll get used to it. And then, like, <laughs> boom, your cat's all good. <laughs> I was explaining this to my girlfriend and she was like laughing, but she's like, well, that's not really realistic because she has a cat. She's like, my cat's been wearing a shirt for like a few months because of a thing. And like, she's still not used to it. She still walks really low to the ground. So I was thinking it would have been a really cool gameplay mechanic if they had it where it's like your cat puts this on and then you're slow, but then you slowly start to kind of speed up and then you're kind of like trying to do jumps, but your cat keeps missing jumps and falling off and kind of like, dying light in a way where it doesn't have to be through the the whole game but maybe there's like a 15 20 minute adjustment period where your cat is just kind of clumsy and slower and you can't do things as well and you have to build up that skill again as the cat to actually go nimbly all over the place i think that would have been a really cool like transition period to have in there i can see that yeah that's what the sequel is for Mm, yes when, when you when you accidentally lose your backpack and all your yes skills. yes that'd be great but i did sit, still think that was cute and hilarious when she's like you get this like backpack thing on all of a sudden cat is just low to the ground like if you've ever seen cats wear clothes it looked exactly like that actually it looked like they even motion captured the cats like even just the way that yes. like the, the random ones were like licking their paws and looking around and checking things out I'm like that I'm like that those look real like real cats like that, yes that's incredible yeah all of the uh it's all incredibly accurate it's very well researched like it is it's truly a marvel of a game it's incredibly well done and i have nothing but good things to say about it. and even those two things I, I i hazard to even call them criticisms also like recommendations it's like hey these would have been cool little things to have but it's all good it doesn't take away from the game nice yeah, yeah that actually is on my one to check out Yes, I highly recommend it. And and for anybody who's listening who kind of might be on the fence about it, apparently the developer right now, I don't know how long they're doing this. Hopefully it's kind of indefinitely. But uh, any sales from the game, uh, they're taking a por- pre- like uh, portions of the proceeds and they are donating them to get money to help homeless cats. That's cool. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is they're keeping a kitty. That's what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Love it. Oh, P U R R. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. I guess if you, if you, yeah, I can roll my tongue, like my R's and all a little bit, so it works. <laughs> Pip into Jordan. <laughs> but yeah, um, man, dude, this has been a really awesome episode. Thank you for coming on. Oh, this, thank you for inviting me. I was, I was like, heck yeah, I'll be on. 
Yeah, yeah, you were very quick about it. Like I was like, oh, okay, like awesome. Like you're all down about it. This is great. <laughs> That's how desperate he was for human contact. No, no, it wasn't that. But there's typically like there, there's sometimes people that there might be like a little bit more back and forth or someone like, oh, well, maybe I can do this. Some, but you were just like very much like on it. Like, yes, I'd love to do this. Like, awesome. Okay, this will be good. <laughs> Oh, man, this was a blast. This was really fun. Yeah, well, awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, there are some last things here. Typically, mm. at the end, I do like to pick a keyword or a key phrase. So people who comment on the YouTube upload, um, they can use this. And then you and I, when we're going through the comments, we'll know who made it to the end here. Uh, but since uh, you know, since we have you as a guest on, I will pass it on to you. Uh, what do you think people should use as a keyword or key phrase? To so so if they say the word it means they actually made it to the end of the episode yes that word will be toshinden toshinden all yes. right like is in battle arena toshinden yes all right cool so anybody have you played battle arena toshinden do you like it do you dislike it recently i was actually playing it on the game when i didn't like it very much on the game boy at least i was kind of cute though like the 2d sprite artwork yeah it, it was but i'm like oh also why, why would i play this on here <laughs> Yeah. Although I, I am curious. I don't I, I don't know if I want to get into a whole tangent map, but like, do you know why that game did not continue? There was three on the PS1. And that was it. Well, there was. OK, so I think this is gonna have like an extra 20 minutes. So <laughs> so in America, there was only the three okay. as far as PlayStation and then the one Game Boy one in Japan. I'm almost positive the PlayStation also got a puzzle game from it. And then I think there was a sequel on the Wii. Really? Raisin, Raisin Eyebrow, I think in Japan only. Don't quote me on that. There is a Toshinden 4 somewhere. Um, I think I think there were issues with the, and this is all hearsay, just me trying to try open a filing cabinet from 15 years ago. I'm almost positive, one, everyone kind of grifted more to the Namco stuff. And I sure. think I thought I remember reading somewhere, maybe in a game fan magazine, <laughs> old man wizard, um, <laughs> that the character designer was dismayed at how his designs didn't come through in the 3D graphics at the time. Okay, I think that was I think, but I think I think the overall was just that like it did like, it, but as much as Toshinden was fun like after you've played like soul blade and Tekken and dead or alive it's there's much better things on the menu that's true yes yeah. i can agree with that i would i would kill i would kill to have that character designer and i can't think of his name right now i say that like i knew what it was before um <laughs> i would kill to have him to teamed up with like the guys that did um like guilty gear like mm, that'd they, be awesome they would look so like the the police cop girl and Gaia alone in his original um, Tushin in one armor, mm -hmm. it would be phenomenal in their mm -hmm. art style. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played them in a while, but like, no, let hmm, me, I, I, the, the most recent I played, I did replay the first one at one point. I was like, oh, this is rough. But yeah, it is. Yes. I, I would say if you're looking to do a really cool, like your kind of video thing, for with technical stuff mm -hmm. in three if you never played three it gave you the option to choose between textures and flat shaded and if you went flat shade it made it a 60 frame per second game like it really? was in, it was insane like there was no background per se but that game was like 
it, it made Street Fighter Turbo blush as far as speed goes. It, wow. it was incredible. All right. I'm yeah. going to have to try that at one point. Do it. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, real cool. I guess uh, at the end here, you know, um, if people want to know a bit more about you, follow you, see your work, anything, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, if you are on Twitter and I have a friendly corner of Twitter, <laughs> like there is no hatred here. I am at GameRave, G-A-M-E-R-A-V-E. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube at GameRave TV, uh, all one word. And then uh, game-rave.com is my website uh, that has a bunch of extra social links for like Instagram and so forth. So if you need help, if you need observations, I'm here for you. All right. Awesome. And I'll uh, be sure to put those down below in the uh, description for this. Excellent. I appreciate that. Thank hey, you. no problem, man. Of course. Well, anyways, dude, seriously, thank you so much. This has been uh, an absolute blast here. And is there, is there anything else you have to say to the people here? Just just keep following Mario. He does amazing things and he knows who to call when you need help. Well, thanks, man. I, not, <laughs> not all the time. Hey, I didn't know who to call, which is why I put out that call to help. I was like, hey, can anybody figure this out, please? <laughs> yeah, this was a this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you For so sure. much. Dude, no problem, man. This is great. Yeah. Anyways, as I always say, this is uh, Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for uh, listening and watching everyone. And until next month. Laters.